fun because um, you're gonna you're gonna wind up being episode fifty one. Badass Records Podcast. Is that a good number? Well, if you are somebody that likes things to, you know, don't ever deviate or it's the end. I'm dropping one a week and 52 is the in theory would mean that I've been doing it for a year. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of goofy gaps in the between episodes one and three, but. Uh, anyway, you, you're right there. You're right hmm. there. I would prefer to be 52. I know. Um, but it's nevertheless. Really the place of honor. Second most important, second best, second. I, I nerd, nerdily try to assign some kind of special value to every. So you're majority. Do we, a, do we have a sports player? And I do mean any sport. That's why I use that terminology. Is there a 51 that matters to us? Mm-hmm. I don't know who it is right now, but <laughs> I'm going to go with majority. But like the answer is yes. F- 51% gets you the win. My dad was born in 51. There, this, I think this house was built in 51. Okay, that is a lot. Spooky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, if we took a minute when we were done and rooted around over there, we would find the deed that says not to be sold to Catholics, Jews, or blacks. I think your parents' deed says the same thing. No. So that who built it then? I mean, I think that Protestants. I don't know, J.C. Nichols, whoever the yeah, but people. so, it, but if not Catholics, Jews, or blacks, <laughs> like just who does that leave? Mexicans, yeah, non-religious Mexicans, they're all tucking their coffee. <laughs> no, soy católico. <laughs> and they're like, well, technically that wasn't in the rules. <laughs> Uh, You're one of the minorities we will tolerate. Have you seen Louis C.K. Sincerely? Probably not. So he opens with a. Is it newish? It, since he, after he got yeah first one back, and he talks about it. Of course he does. In uh, in depth, but I feel more embarrassed for him than like he's just the worst. Right. Like obviously he did something gross and super inappropriate, but more I feel, than once. Yes. But but immediately owned it. And I will just say, it feels like he had a compulsion problem, like. That does, again, not excuse it. No. But it means, like, I, my general warmth toward him doesn't have to totally change. I love you for that. <laughs> so he's like, I'm talking to my friend the other day about Jesus Christ. And I mentioned that he was... <laughs> I love that you clarified that. He did. I'm, I'm giving the bit, dude. <laughs> okay, good. So, uh, and I happened to mention that um, Jesus was Jewish. And, and my friend goes, Jesus was Jewish? And he goes, yeah. And he goes... I don't think so. And he goes, well, that, it already all happened, so it doesn't matter what you think. Um, and he goes, man, think about it. He goes, you fucking think about it. You, what was he? Was he Protestant? Was he Catholic? And he, when they hung him, he's like, oh, that's why oh, we the- have these. Oh, fuck, I'm the little guy on there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, he's so funny. He is so funny. Uh, and so non problematically funny like really his like i do believe his funny yes is well the the next place he goes every religion has a thing that i just don't and he goes like uh every time a guy does a jihad thing and and god's got to hand him 72 virgins and he's like first of all who are these women are these like you know he's like all right nobody fuck these i'm saving them for that guy (laughs) or does he whip them up like farm-raised salmon and then uh he goes, that's got to be for God. That's got to be one of those things where, you know, a guy blows up a bus in Tel Aviv and he's about to hand him 72 virgins and he's like, fuck, what am I doing? 
I need a drink. I got to get out of this. <laughs> well, I'm sure that some of those virgins were on that bus. So maybe there's sort of a self-populated. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, uh, so you're. Doesn't matter how old they are. No. Well, um, I don't think so. He goes, uh, first of all, in a long time. first of all, they're only virgins when you get them. After that, you know. <laughs> really, one time. And he goes, he goes, there's some guy like uh, three days in. He's like, fuck, I only have three left (laughs) and 69 whores. (laughs) But uh, you, uh, thank you for being here. You're in town uh, for a quick minute holiday visit. And Mm -hmm. the fact that we were able to find a little thank you. I know you have a lot of things going on um normally i would spend a good chunk uh covering bio but i, I have a rough you do on i feel like you've known me a while uh, for a minute having i was <laughs> married to your sister for 11 years and mm-hmm. and together for five before that right yeah i was gonna say some and then you know you had progeny so even after you weren't married we still know each other i know i know we do and you live so close i know you actually I... can't escape me that's true that's true your personal poltergeist oh uh... <laughs> <laughs> Come to the light, Caroline. No, Caroline, stay away from the light. But doesn't she later, like, you know, become a spooky something? No, to... she pops back out of whatever that television static is, covered in what seems to be Goo. a lot of pink lube. Okay, oh, interesting. I mean, I mean, it's basically a rebirthing. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple senses. And wasn't the dad in that coach? Like Craig. T. Nelson. He must have been young. He was with young. With a big he, head of hair, I and bet. And he wore like Magnum P.I. level shorts. Okay. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah, he Interesting. was high. So was his wife when all those chairs moved. Um. So born and raised KC, yep. uh, never moved until college, right? Correct. And then- Never came back. When you are back, <laughs> right? When you are back, you're sleeping in the only home- Yep. You ever knew in your youth. Accurate. Although my bedroom, which is the bedroom that from my birth I shared with Anna until she my sister mm-hmm. until she was like ten and then she moved into the third bedroom that is now not a bedroom and is the library slash reading room. But when on I on the front side of the house, the yeah, one that the was one that, always like a day bed and yes, some stuff. Yes, that was Anna's bedroom after she got to like Got to a point where we were too old to be sure, in that. Sure, sure. Because those rooms aren't big either, you know. And that one especially is not big. Not And my room really yeah, isn't. Yeah. Like, if you think, there's a queen or a double in it now and side tables. You know, it's like right, we had yeah. two, and then two, walls. two whole people in it. <laughs> but when I, so it is my, technically my childhood bedroom since I stayed in it. But it hasn't been my bedroom for a long time. Because when I studied abroad, junior year. My mother took that moment because she's so sentimental about my youth and me. Um, I returned home from Ireland all bereft. It had been an incredibly long travel day. I think there were delays. I'm like reading my book at baggage claim at MCI while they walk up and then just burst into tears and then got home and there was my bedroom door was closed with a sign on it that said, welcome home, Eva. And then when we opened the door, all of my belongings were gone. All of it. My bed was gone. Everything was off the walls. My dresser was gone. Uh, no there was no a warning. Brand new brass bed that was my mom's that she reclaimed from her sister. 
and the walls had been painted bubblegum pink. And I know you know me, but, and I believe that even from my tone of voice, people can tell pink is not my jam. Right. Like bubblegum pink with a brass bed. So do you complete surprise when you open oh, it? I mean, I resumed immediately crying immediately sobbing i bet yeah i was like so i went away for seven months and got scurvy and you replaced me <laughs> scurvy oh my god <laughs> you know i, I do, you do i mean it, it's, it's an like, easy thing to forget but also an easy thing not is to that, forget. that the one where the dormant chicken pox comes no, no. the spine I've scurvy's the spine that. no no okay Okay. I mean, here scoliosis I... is a curved spine. Okay. I, that's a congenital situation. Never had it. But you can see how scurvy with scoliosis. Oh, you're going to see spine. how all of this goes okay. together. Okay, interesting. Um, the I did have scabies when I had that in my first sublet in Denver. Scabies being a like you have three mama mites that live on your skin and you can't ever see them, but the bites get big and you have to put this beautiful glittery toxin on your skin. <laughs> It said it was it was a bottle of lotion and it had a label, it's warning label taped to the bottle. And then when you op- took it off, it accordioned open to like two and a half feet long. And I was like, oh, super safe medication. <laughs> but and I'm like reading it and it was like, if anybody helps you apply this, because you're supposed to put it on all available skin. OK, so not in your hair because that w- wouldn't have worked right anyway, but like all over. It was like, if anybody helps you apply this, they should wear gloves. A pregnant woman should never touch it. You should not use this lotion twice in a calendar year because it increases the risk of seizure and death. Oh, my God. And I was like, why would anybody want to use scabies lotion twice in a year? It's not like it's a spa treatment. And then I put it on and it was like fairy dust. And I was like, oh, what do you I mean? get it. It was beautiful. Just, oh, Faintly shimmery all over your body. Oh. And, yeah, it was gorgeous. I, I mean, I looked like, like an angel. Stri- strippery? Kind no. Of, no. Way too delicate. Okay. It was like I was an ephemeral being. So scurvy is which one? <laughs> Scabies. Then the one that's from chickenpox that lives in your spine. Chickenpox live in your spine after you've had it. Right. Always. Right. That is shingles. Shingles. Jesus. I got that freshman year of college because of stress. Although all my roommates told me it was because I already had AIDS because people with immunocompromised situations get shingles a lot because when your immune system is low, that's when- Do you have an immune system situation? No. It was just stress. Wow. I have feelings. (laughs) 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 This just in. So of all of the obscure S- Diseases, scabies and shingles, we've covered mm-hmm. scoliosis. Mm-hmm. You know, scurvy is a pirate's lack of vitamin C. Okay. Scurvy. Yeah, not to be confused with rickets, which you can get from bad water. And is but... usually a childhood disease that makes your legs go bendy and you have to wear... Horse uh, gump? Something? Braces, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a, child, it's a childhood thing. Wow. Doesn't really happen anymore because of the way we treat water now. Do you think that the sign was like... Ugh, uh, in case this doesn't go well, hopefully this softens the blow. I mean, we didn't know I had scurvy yet because I told my mom, my mouth had started acting weird because that's what scurvy affects is your gums. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, secondary f- scurvy is colloquially called trench mouth. Because it was, <laughs> <laughs> because it was common in World War One in the trenches. And... 
<laughs> so my gums had been acting weird. You know, I've I had never had a cavity at that time. I didn't get a cavity until I was thirty three. God damn. Yeah, girl got good teeth. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes one. Never of us. even had braces, so right? they're better than Anna's. Well. <laughs> small victories. Yes. Well, they're the only kind I get. They <laughs> can relate. <laughs> Stacking them up. Okay. <laughs> but. My gums had been acting weird. I didn't have insurance in Ireland. So I told my mom to make an appointment. I was like, please make a dental appointment for me when I get home. To go see homeboy? Dr. Russell. Our across the street neighbor, long, mean, lifelong friend, and best also. Bedside manner. Also, ever. my all the time dentist. Right. Well, she didn't. Oh. She also never took our temperature when we were sick. She's just like not that kind of attentive. She was raised like, you're fine. Mm-hmm. And that was the deal. But. I got home on like a Wednesday and then Friday I'm brushing my teeth in our upstairs bathroom, which you know the proximity that is to my parents' room. Right there. She's like getting dressed. We're the only ones home. We're talking while she's dressing and I'm brushing. And because it was a Friday, she was off work, whatever. We were going to hang out. And then all of my toothpaste foam was pink. Not like a little rivulet of red when you've had an irritation. Mm -hmm. All of it was pink or red it matches the new wall paint well actually the foam did the the bloodier parts right were, right 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 <laughs> we're like had a crime been committed but and i was like oh, oh gotta gotta get this my mom called dr russell immediately and was like there might be an urgent dental need they said well we've got a cancellation today which is a miracle we get there and i had like the most intense painful cleaning ever mm. took forever Hurt Chatty way more. Kathy? Yes, with God. the talkiest. Blessed. And so it turns out scurvy, which you only need to not have vitamin enough vitamin C for like three weeks to get scurvy, but the whole three weeks, not like on and off. Like a con- three or four weeks of not enough vitamin C. You- how, how does one walk through, like, how do you deprive yourself of vitamin C? When I lived in Ireland, it was during an economic boom there, which they have not had very many uh-huh. historically. Yeah. But it was like oh three, and they had a huge tourism boom, just big. They were the third most expensive country in the EU when I lived there. Okay. Second only behind Switzerland and England. Then it was Ireland. So everything was pricey. And everything's pricey there anyway because it's all imported. They right. don't grow anything. Right. So all of their produce was both expensive and of poor quality. You know, had been hmm. come from too far stored improperly you know i don't know just that sounds like a good way to start chipping away at vitamin c and i was broke was a junior in college so i ate like the same i I ate out there like three times like i can i don't remember going out to a restaurant the whole seven months i lived in ireland except one time for somebody's birthday to a mexican place of all things but so it's like i just ate the same thing all the time i would buy a block of cheddar a cucumber a lot of tuna a, a loaf of bread I'd make tuna cheddar cucumber sandwiches. And we made a lot of pasta, sure. red sauce, toast, toasts, like cheese toast, rashers. It was basic, cheap stuff and not even that terrible. But not a one of those things I just named has any vitamin C in it. Right. There you go. And you just don't know how fast it happens. Well, and then once you have it, you can't get rid of it on your own. Like flossing, gingivitis mouthwash doesn't work. Calculus like math, but a calcium derivative, mm-hmm. builds up along your gum line and only professional tools can get it off. Oh my God. So I had it for however long, you know, months without knowing I had it, but knowing there was something wrong because I was bleeding a little more. My gums were puffy. Jesus. That's why I told my mom to make an appointment Ugh. and her general, 
you don't have a fever, you're fine. Attitude. Your loose shoelaces aren't stuck in that escalator. Happened. They were. Um, <laughs> she was like, uh. when we got there, he told me after the cleaning, which like I repeatedly had to spit blood, blood out of my mouth during it, mm-hmm. like a, like a cup full of blood. When the doctor came in after the tech left, he was like, are you pregnant? <laughs> and I've known he this man since that. birth. He led off with Dr. That Russell's like, yeah. are you pregnant? And I was like, no. And he said, are you sure? I knew you were going to say that. And I was like, I'm sure I'm not pregnant. It's like, you, you know, there are certain things that have to happen for you to get pregnant. And no, <laughs> I knew for sure. And it was super awkward to look a man in the face who I'd known since kindergarten and who lives across the street from my parents, having to for sure defend the fact that I hadn't had sex in enough time to be pregnant. And then he was like, well, because pregnancy does mess up your gums. The, uh, it sounds familiar. It's very common. It, well, you lose a lot of your nutrients to, right. the, to the weird little the halfling. To yeah. The, yeah, to the parasite that's yeah. actually eating all your food. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> and he was like, well, the only other option is scurvy. And I was like, cool. Start looking it up. Cool. And it's funny because I just told this on Christmas Eve to, oh, really? to Billy. But um, okay. he didn't know this, obviously, because he doesn't know me. Right. And I said, I forgot to tell him this detail, which that's the stage one part. He was like, you are... You were probably a week, maybe two away from stage two scurvy, which is the trench mouth, which rather than than being puffy and bleeding and lightly receding, your gums would start to decay and pus and turn black. I was like, super glad we didn't get that far and glad that you had a cancellation. It's the most (laughs) wonderful time. But I said, then my prescription after the cleaning, and I said... My prescription, you know, and Anna said, "Your RX." <laughs> she down Christmas Eve. She busted that. And I was like, "I've been telling this story for nearly twenty years, and no one has made that joke." Shame on me. <laughs> Shame on <sighs> all of us. Right? Shame on me. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, oh, I thought yeah. you meant you. No, which I think you no. also should share. Oh yeah. I mean, know. you could have made that joke. That, that, never have all of the pieces been presented <laughs> so linearly. Otherwise. I'd be banging that gong, and you'd be like, "Shut up!" With well, that you know one. my, you know my penchant for dad jokes, and you know my my pirate one, don't you? Otherwise, you're going to. I would love to. What's a pirate's favorite letter? Uh, n- go ahead. And no answer. A, no, it's R. That whole thing. No, just just answer it. What's a pirate's favorite letter? R. No, it'd be the C. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's good. It's good because you get to laugh twice. I know. Uh, <laughs> so, STP, STA, Truman State. Uh, was, was Lawrence in the mix? Yeah, for... I went. I went to KU for my freshman year of college. Straight from high school. Yeah, that oh. was my chosen college. Were they dropping out of state on that, or did you? You have? Oh a... no, there was no reciprocity anymore. We were paying out of state tuition, and it was a nightmare. And uh, as a basic function. At KU, it's like very Greek or very hippie, and I really didn't go either way enough. I don't so, think you still go either. No, of those. no, no. Yeah. I'm really more of a like middle of. Mm-hmm. I don't really fit in any boxes. Yeah. Don't try to put me in a category. Just, you're a little bit of everything at the market that's, in your basket. That's right. That's why I'm such a delight and so easy to get along with. Ask anyone. Concur. <laughs> but 
so there was like a basic just like maybe this isn't the right fit then I was an education major because you know I wanted to be an English teacher for my whole life right and education major which there is a huge school because it's a big education school and you were supposed to be partnered in the very first education course you take with somebody to do like a semester long research project okay partnered with someone else in that class they were supposed to assign you and it was like an auditorium like 200 person class so they assigned my professor was supposed to assign me a, a human being and it was like in the next week or two you will receive an email with an assignment of your partner i never got it and i in fairness didn't follow up i didn't like i let that slide but also why didn't i get one right like the system yeah. is so broken so between the fact that i was already behind in my major it was maybe not a great cultural fit and then you know my roommate tried to kill herself uh she drank that bottle of drano didn't work I she's mean, a, she was alive anyway at some point but anyway pr- it, uh, uh previously a stranger yeah, she okay. was actually my third roommate. My first roommate got assigned, but we were assigned to the oldest, crappiest dorm, McCullen. So she bailed on me before we moved. Okay. And because it, she bailed so close to the semester start, though, I was then assigned a foreign exchange student named Ha. She didn't speak almost any English. She had a lot of stuffed animals. A lot. I, I and could see it. at the risk of being racist because this i guess is but it was also just truth in the room she cooked or and or she had a very strong smell Mm -hmm. that was probably just food related it was not pleasant i think in those types the foods and the pores it happens get together and they're like we're cohabitating and it was just it probably wasn't stinky to people who share that culture. But for me, it was, it was a challenge, especially given that doesn't speak English and all the, I didn't like the way she inhabited our room with all the many stuffed animals. And then she started partying really hard. Oh, and she was regularly puking into the trash can at the end of the hall, which was right outside our door, which was the last room on the hall. So I conspired with the girl who lives next to me for us to swap back. Also first room, first room from the stairwell. Also, three roommates within the oh, first. Oh, you had a sweet. Oh my god! No, I, had, I had, no three roommates in the first. Yeah, did your third one drink a bottle of Drano? No, but huh, I did have. Ch- they were all. I did have nice chunks of no roommate in between. All I didn't. Of the this all happened right away. Well, because I had befriended the girl who lived next door, and she lived with a full-time dorm dweller. That girl was a junior who had stayed in the dorms all three years in the same room. So let's just say she was a little bit of an odd duck. That, putting it lightly so and nicely. that girl and I approached our respective roommates and said, how would you feel if we swap roommates and Alex moves in with me and Ha moves in with the permanent dormer? They didn't care because they weren't close with us. We got official permission, the whole thing. Alex moved in with me. It was like the halfway into like the second month third month of first semester you know like not that long eight november-ish october-ish october probably yeah and immediately she got dumped by her boyfriend in topeka and she quit going to class and you could still smoke on our dorm floor then so i was coming home from class she wouldn't have left all day she would just be in her bottom bunk all in the dark chain smoking cigarettes and watching 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Shut up. Come one on. ep- no, I'm not joking. I believed you up until that last <laughs> detail. It was so uncomfortable that I was like never there. And then one day I came back trying to get in my room and they'd shut down the whole building. They'd evacuated our floor. They weren't letting anyone up. And I was like, that's my, my. I live there. I was like, and then I, it was very easy to put it together that that was my room. So they let me go up to the floor, but they'd evacuated our, it was, it's a Y-shaped dorm. So okay. our branch, they made everybody leave and they weren't letting us sit in the student lounge that was at the center of that Y. Interesting. So everybody had either gone to other floors outside or down the boys hall or the other girls hall. And I just remember walking down one and sitting down and like sobbing because I have a lot of trauma around death by suicide. 64th Terrace, right? I mean, yep. like somebody, uh, yep. a close very somebody. Close. Yeah. Very close when we were 15. And then a number of other people who weren't that close in high school. There was yeah, like, shit. yeah, somebody in Anna's class killed herself. Somebody okay. then Claire did in our class. Somebody did the year behind me. Jesus Christ. A boy that I knew at Rockhurst, his mom killed herself while we were in high school. My friend Catherine, her brother killed herself when we were in high school. It was a lot. It was a lot. So it, God damn, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, this is all so long ago. I don't mean to sure, be cavalier. Sure. No. So when this happened, I mean, I was the definition of re-traumatized. You know, like, this is only my freshman year. So it's not that far away from home. Well, you're away from home for the first to- and, time. I mean, it's 45 minutes away, but... Still. Yeah. Well, all of that added up to I didn't stay. Yeah. That's... It was expensive. Yeah. I didn't... My whole experience had been bad. So Truman State... Truman State and then after that. 8108 Mercer was supposed to be the home for you and your sister to live in, but I then, mean, maybe. I don't I, think I was... It was that like... Was the, the way I was pitched, it was like, we have it, and Anna can live there now, and then maybe you can live there. It was just going to be like a floater. I remember being told or, or understanding in one way or another that uh, you both can pursue the next stages and still be in town, but not be at home. And then uh, Wyoming for mechanic school for... Yeah. Uh, I got my first master's at Truman, fifth year. That's right. Okay. So I was there okay. for... A f- Four full years after the freshman year at KU. The episode that dropped last Thursday, I dropped on Thursdays, mm-hmm. was Mark McCaffrey. Oh, who knows the man and I he moved goes, to Wyoming and he, with? He came up. He came up because he's, <laughs> in, he's in a c- couple outfits. Bands? And I asked about back fat, and uh, God, he I goes, "God, that was the name of that he band. Goes, it's still great." <laughs> he goes, "You mean Silent Paul?" <laughs> and I was oh like, God. "Do people call him that?" And he goes, "Do people not?" <laughs> I mean, I never called him that, but it is right, right. appropriate. Yeah. And that's also funny because on, on Christmas dinner, somehow your wedding came up because oh, we, wow. we were talking about- Oh, he was he your plus He was. My, we lived together. We were going to- The reason we broke up is because I decided he was not my marriage partner. And it was definitely that's right. the track we were but on. But you went to like Cheyenne. We, we lived in Laramie for Laramie, a year. Laramie, Laramie. And that's and really he did a program, mm-hmm. and, and that's then, really where it became clear. It was like he was such a good boyfriend. He's a you good guys dude. Adopted a dog. Yeah, he is. He surprised me with a dog on my last day of student teaching because he's adorable. Yeah, I mean, he is a, if I was into dudes, I'd be like, he's yeah. a very handsome guy. Yeah. He's very sweet. It, it felt like he was not quite enough, which is more a me thing. You know, I mean, I'm a lot. Of course, my mom put it one way. She's like, "You're going to outgrow him," and I think that I started to see I that. Can see her saying that, and I. 
didn't want him to ever feel like he had to be somebody other sure. than exactly who he was. Yeah. It was a very horrible, mature thing to break up with him. You know, like it was like, yeah. I can see that he's not going to be enough for me and I never want him to not be enough. And then Denver mm-hmm. and like Laura Stanley and 303 and mm-hmm. uh, the RAV4. And my terrible boyfriend there who had like a, de- a double life. Andrew with the, uh, the she, <laughs> yes. the the bird thing used to hang inside the front yeah, door here. I, yes. Andrew, the artist. And I gave it to, uh, does she have and it up? The, compulsive liar and uh, i've totally forgot about that part and so much weird manipulation and gaslighting which i wouldn't have had the word gaslighting for it at that time no but uh, for sure that's what it was well i usually ended up apologizing after i caught him out with her or emailing her or leaving his email open on my computer with their g chats up like it was and the weird i would end up apologizing now you know uh, we don't you and i don't look through the same lens when we're looking out for partners in the world but to me he was not uh the cutest and so when, it, when oh all, no he's not like a traditionally handsome so man. when all that small when all that stuff came out i was like you don't get to look like that and do all those things what are you doing no but he was like cool in a way that i hadn't had access to yet i think that was hipster yeah kind of cool and things that i've like now like bat like drew one was sort of the balance of that. Oh my God, that. I forgot about that Because too. he was cool, but also not cool. He was actually an excellent match for me. It didn't work out in a num- for a number of reasons. Right. But like, when I look back, I'm like, that was the one that made the most sense. I, it's sad that it that it crumbled the way it did. Sure. I mean, he might not feel sad about it. But but, but after a good little chunk and uh, some I, fat... I was, in Denver for three years. Three years, yeah, yeah, and like made some friends and had like. A oh, lot I thought of stuff I would never leave. Happening. It felt very much like my like a good fit as yeah. far as home. And then all of a sudden, uh, we're Anna and I are buying the car because you're moving to New York. Well, because I applied to NYU. That's right. That's but I right. only applied to NYU. I was very. I had started working at the magazine in Denver, mm-hmm. and after I decided not to teach, you know, like so. I was like, oh, you this- did a, a, a semester in Raytown, right? Yeah, yeah, Raytown with South with some f- interesting which uh, is a very, theme papers. Which written. is a very mixed school, meaning uh, mixed income, mixed yep. race. Yep, it was like forty percent white, forty percent black, twenty percent Asian, and and Latin American, Latin Hispanic. I feel like I have this memory of you getting papers written ten and ten. I did the math wrong there, but. And pe- and being like, I can't believe they're writing papers about these top this top or there something. There were things the the breadth of of education level for people who were in the same class was also all over the place. Okay, like people who could barely write better than a third grader, That's, and I mean that earnestly. And they just like literally. And I taught sophomore, juniors, and seniors, so all of those people should have been performing better than a third grader. I didn't teach any remedial courses. I taught advanced senior. And somehow they've made it... Public schools are just not great. They're not. And so I had kids that accused me of being racist. Ah, Do you remember that? mm, That um, I had a supervisory teacher, and there was one girl... She sat in the front row and she was just a jerk. I mean, it did not matter what color her skin was. She was an asshole in all races. Sure. Like she was a jerk. She talked constantly. She only slouched down with her arms crossed, scowling. She didn't participate and she talked back a lot. Like just this is an asshole kid. That's all. Right. And I wasn't very good at discipline. My supervising teacher had to step in a lot. She got written up a lot. 
because she behaved very badly. Yeah. And her mother came to the administration and said it was because I was white and so was my supervising teacher and that mm. we were persecuting her because she was black. It's like half this classroom is black. And we're not picking on them all. We just pick on the assholes. <laughs> like, like, nope, this math doesn't even add up. But well, the answer to that was that she was going to come observe a class. So her mother came and sat in the back of my classroom to make sure to see that it was me. I can't believe administration. I can't believe that. I was like, do you honestly think your child is going to behave the same with right. you sitting in the, like, where's the logic here? <laughs> Ain't but none. That's the problem. The administration was so checked out. That is one of the problems with public I schooling, see. especially well, not, maybe not all public schools, but Kansas cities are not great. And, or they weren't then some of them were disaccredited then, you know, like meaning some of them still are. Yeah. It's not, it's not an ideal scenario, right. but it's like, who's in charge of telling a parent. It's like you, you're observing from the back row is not a proper observation. If we like insult a uh, hidden camera, maybe that's exactly what it's about. Nanny cam this yeah, shit. Yeah. And you can watch what a jerk your kid right. is. Like, obviously her mom had the authority under control because she did behave when her mom was in the room. <laughs> but, uh, eight, ish years in new york right no no so after the public school denver for three years applied to nyu on a whim right because it was like a hundred dollar application fee and my gre scores from my first master's were still good so i was like literally i just have to fill out a handful of paperwork and pay a hundred bucks and my parents were like you don't don't go back to school for more school you've already been to so much school i'd already done that when i lived in wyoming i did that one month intensive all day every day publishing certification program at University of Denver. I didn't retain that. Or... I did. Well, it was it, yeah, but I did. Okay. So it's like I've had a master's degree and then post grad work in publishing, but that's how I all how I got to being like I want to be in magazines or writing. Yeah, yeah. Which is very different than being a high school English teacher, but nice. still all based on wanting to be a writer and yeah, a reader. Yeah. And same kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'll just apply to this one school. It's an excellent journalism school, especially for magazine writing. And if I get in, we can cross that bridge. And if I don't, it wasn't meant to be. It's one application in the wind. Yeah. Well, I got in, and that was right at the breaking point of that toxic relationship. So I just went. It was like, I got to get out of here. I couldn't get away from him. No matter what I did, I couldn't stop taking him back and oh, uh, shit. apologizing. Yep. So oh. I bailed. Um, had a nervous breakdown the first semester in New York, like a full one. Really? Yeah. Anna, it's the only time Anna was on the phone with me and she was like, are you someplace safe? Are you okay? Because I was like, I'm just hopeless. And I didn't actually feel like I wanted to harm myself. That There's a big difference. But, but it was all too much. But saying that I felt hopeless and I actually did not understand how things could ever, I was like, I feel placeless, hopeless. I have no home. Did you have a t- tiny... Place. The world's tiniest, crappiest bedroom your, in a very sad apartment. And did your dad come stay there for like a weekend or to move you in or something? He moved me there the weekend. I, he moved me in. I moved there with just two suitcases. Okay, okay. So we flew into New York and stayed one night in a financial district hotel room the size of a postage stamp with two twin beds with me having two full-size suitcases. And we told the girls I was moving in with we'd be there Sunday by 11 a.m., we woke them both up because they'd gone out partying the night before and one of them answered in like her sleeping tank top and panties. And it's just me and my dad in like the grossly overlit hallway like, hey. 
but that actually worked out. I lived with those girls for years. And I mean, if your dad didn't break into a little uh, Annie, I think I'm gonna <laughs> like it here. Oh, I definitely think that was not his vibe. It was more like, oh my God, maybe you're moving into an actual den of iniquity. Right. It wasn't that bad. And I'm still friends with one of those girls, okay. like fully. Okay. But I lived in New York for 12 years. 12? 11 and a half. But I'm going to go ahead and round up because That's, it was yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Refill. I got to pee again. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so 12, 12 years, uh, we came for a, a quick visit. And I remember. Oh, for the fish shows. Yeah. Um, for the Baker's Dozen, which you went, went to, to the last one, right? And I did with my friend Max from Denver, who's a crazy fish head and, and does a lot of traveling for their shows. Kind of quasi enjoyed it, right? I mean, I. The yeah. experience, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge fish fan, but I'm not an anti fish Right. Also, I'm just generally a yes person. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm pro doing things. Sure, sure. Like it would have to be something that I can't actually. If you ask me to go to the Republican National Convention, I will say, actually, I don't know. Such a social experiment. You, you might get a good uh, piece of journalism exactly. out of that. Exactly. You know? So I can't. But, you know, I'd have to feel some strong yeah. way to say yeah. no to things because I think you can make fun, have a good time, make your own fun at anything. Well, I remember vaguely like i did do my first nitrous balloon there oh nice actually on the street sitting on a curb outside yeah MSG. that's the yeah uh but i remember that like my only nitrous balloon. at one point we actually went to your place and you had uh, a female roommate that was cool that you were like kind of developing a friendship with and we hung out for a second but there was also like the person whose name was maybe on the lease and you guys were like not really into it anymore but nobody okay everybody was that was a four bedroom apartment that one and when we moved into it it was me and laura laura from denver she followed me to new york ljs yes she still lives there um but she moved there two years after you guys yeah yeah all the time uh talked to her i stayed with her when i was in new york in september okay yeah a lifelong friend that one and she's super close with Carrie who is another one of our roommates okay and then when we moved in it was also Cassie Cassie left first and maintained the least friendship with us long term she and Laura never totally vibed anyway so there was that she wasn't going to be keeping up with Laura long term and she moved to San Francisco and just like it was kind of like that's that she came back a couple times. We saw her, but over the decade or so since then, I still follow her on Instagram. There wasn't a dude, so that's there was a lot of turnover. Okay, me and Laura were on the lease though, and Carrie was on the lease, and then Carrie left next. Our friend Kia moved in briefly because she broke up with the man she lived with. She only stayed there for like three months. Our friend Danny lived there for a couple of years, and then a girl with bipolar moved in. Do you remember that? Mm-mm. We didn't know she had bipolar until she quit taking her meds. Oh, boy. And had a major psychotic break. Like, major. She was taking pictures from Laura's bedroom. Like, she put them on her Instagram. It was, the perspective was she was clearly laying in Laura's bed. No. And the captions were like, look at my beautiful place. And she was stealing Danny's girlfriend's panties out of his bedroom. What? And when she had the full, full, we didn't know this, right? And I mean, we saw it on Instagram, but this all happened like within 48 hours because she had a break. We came home one day 
and she had her door shut and she was alternating like muttering to herself in there you could hear it but not understand it and screaming like like yelling yelling we could hear glass shattering i was the only one home by the way oh sweet so when i say we i do mean just me (laughs) and i'm texting my roommates i'm on the phone with my mom oh god no it was worse my mom was there visiting she was standing in the kitchen with me i'm this memory is like coming back in pieces she's lightly tearing because it's scary and upsetting a hundred percent we don't know any of her friends we didn't know her family we had we really didn't know what to do eventually and i'm like walking to laura's bedroom to call danny and laura alternately and be like what choice what do i do all, all the consensus was call the police. I, yeah, what else? So we called the police. They came. It was all kinds of nuts. Her bedroom door was right across the hall, right across a short, a narrow walkway from our front door. So when the police opened it, they were like right at her door. And she was dancing and yelling and talking. And the policewoman was like trying to talk her down and ask her questions. And then she asked for a glass of water. Our roommate did. And when we gave it to her, she sat down on the floor and poured it on her face and chest, which was weird. Or she didn't sit down on the floor. <laughs> she was acting up and did all this. And the policewoman said, oh, it's not going that way, little girl. And then just put her hand on her shoulder and like pushed her to the floor. Just like a button. Like she didn't shove her. She just sat that woman down. My crazy roommate. They had to take her in. We couldn't find her wallet, so she went to the hospital. Idealist? Yes. Wow. No phone, no ID, nothing, because we didn't know where anything was. Right, right. And we actually went back in her room. Check Laura's room. While she's in the, in the ambulance, we went, my mother and I go into this crazy woman's room, and there were pairs of underwear everywhere. That's what I mean. So we didn't, I was like, why are there, there were underwear everywhere? Just an odd number of underwear. And it turns out that's because she was taking it from some from my roommate's girlfriend but we couldn't find anything so they just take her mm-hmm. they take her to the worst place you want to go in oh, all no. of new york like you do not want to go to this hospital if you saw it you wouldn't want to go there it's known for where you don't want to go oh, if you're God. for mental health stuff they released her at like 2 a.m knocks on the door i'm still the only one home i open the door it's pouring out so she's soaking wet she took a taxi there. I have no idea how she got there. I don't know how she got the taxi. I don't know how she paid for the taxi. She and then I and I felt all kinds of ways. And I hugged her and was like, I'm so sorry I called the police on you. Like there was an amount oh, of guilt. Yeah. And then she hugged me and said, No, it's okay. It's what I needed. And then she went in her bedroom and I went into my bedroom, which was downstairs in that like basement now. So under her bedroom. Okay. Well, I woke up the next morning at like 7 a.m. and she was sitting in the hall, writing on the walls in permanent marker, lots of things that didn't make sense. She had tacked a scarf along the base and lit candles. She'd pinned flowers to the wall in the hall. She'd ripped out celebrities' faces from a calendar. Good grief. And yeah, I mean, I mean, a, a psychotic break, yeah. a manic episode like that, it's very, it's real. I finally got on Facebook. And got a hold of her mother. Oh, wow. Like, f- clicked through her Facebook, because I was her Facebook friend. Got her mother's, but they all, but her parents lived in Puerto Rico. They got in touch with one friend who came and took her back to the hospital where she had to stay for three weeks. Damn. That's, I mean, that's how long it took to get her 
back on meds and like rebalanced. But but in that time, we had to send her like the worst text message. It was like, we really understand that this is out of your control. And like, we have empathy about your situation. We don't want to punish you, but you can't live here. <laughs> Everybody had felt violated and didn't feel safe anymore. You know, like that was the, that's what because I thought I thought there was a dude. Danny's the only dude that ever the lived only there. okay. Uh, I don't remember any of this. He was great. Sure. And then yeah. I left. After that, I, I was. I, the feel, first we, I remember sitting on the roof with that gal, uh, roommate, uh, who I. Carrie, with, maybe, with or a, Cassie. A, Asian ish looking. No. Blonde Asian? I we never know. had an Asian. No. Uh, well, I just remember, like, you guys hadn't seen each other for, for a minute, and but you both were like, there's an element of this roommate scenario that. Jenny it, was Hispanic. So, I mean, she, she, she might have looked a little. Okay. Asian. Anyway, I just remember being like, you guys are just walking around with game face on where you live oh, all yeah. the time. That that had to be her because there was nobody else that it was that bad. Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and now Florida. Uh, but did you like Florida. go to Spain or something? Were you in another country for a minute, like before the move or shortly after I the move? I go to Spain like every three years. Do you really? Well- after Drew One broke up with me, and we'd had that elaborate Hawaii trip planned, like booked, and I could we could only get like half the money back for everything, and uh, so at, in combination with like the trauma of the breakup and having to move out of our shared apartment, was this the uh, relationship that ended with like uh, there was a, a guy's weekend or a girl's weekend, and then... no, that's Darren. That was the most recent one. Okay. I went on a girl's trip for 48 hours and he moved out while I was gone. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, Darren's a psycho. We don't miss him. Okay. He was very pretty, though. Okay. Like, real pretty. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, Drew Drew One, you know Drew One. He came home all the time. We were going to get married. We were together for three years. Yeah. Beard, glasses. Dark hair, yeah. Uh, Tattoos. uh, Friendly. Yes, he's he's the only one I I look back, other than Silent Paul. Right. But Silent Paul, I just look back on fondly. Silent vowel is last name, Paul. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we used uh, to want to name. We used to joke we would name our ch- our baby girl because it had to be a girl for these names. First name Blue, middle name Barry, or <laughs> because of his last name, which we won't say here. Right, right. Or just well, first name Maple. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, no, Drew One was like the person I thought would be my life partner, and then he kind of decided he didn't want to marry he me. He had a and sabotage kiddo. No, Darren. Sorry. That's still Darren. Okay. No, Drew One was, we. He sabotaged what? Well, you know, it's like, I th- we got really serious and his parents were like asking us when the wedding was going to be. We talked about getting married. We weren't engaged, but it got, it was really serious. Okay. I think he just kind of realized he didn't want to get married. And then rather than break up with me, he behaved really badly for like four or five months. Like not coming home? Yes. Okay. And. And a, a lot of it was very upsetting. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm acting crazy because he's acting shitty. So it wasn't like he was the only one that acted badly. Right. I'm not going to go there. But he was a chicken. Too chicken to just recognize he just didn't want to be with me. Right. Which is actually fair. Like, I don't. <laughs> like, you don't have to want to marry me. Right. But rather than do the hard thing. He blew it up from the inside out, which was super messy and traumatic. It's one, it's one approach. It's a common approach, turns out. Mm, okay. But um, yeah, that. So I was so traumatized by the actual breakup, and was like, and I feel like 
I felt the loss of a lot of things, you know, like future plans and sure. I didn't have a place to live and we'd had this huge vacation planned. I've never been to Hawaii and I wanted to go. Well, mom and papa then gave me some of our my wedding fund. You know, they had like a tiny bit of money, not that much money even. Your guys' wedding cost way more than our wedding I thought fund. they had the same amount. They had the same amount for me and Anna and your wedding way superseded it. So, and, they, so they dipped into yours? No, or... no, but I still have not been married. So when I broke up with him and this and was traumatized, they were like, and I didn't have any, I didn't have money to go on a trip. My parents were like, why don't you have takes? It's like, it's your money. It's a wedding fund, but it's your money. And since I thought I would marry Drew and then we didn't, it felt sort of apropos. Okay. Okay. To use some. So they just gave me, I was like, yeah. And if I get married at this point, the older and older I get, the way less of a to do is going to. We can stop by the courthouse. Yeah, yeah, no joke. But I was kind of that Put way. Anyway. You guys' wedding was so big and grand that after that I was like, well, this is not what I'm going to do. I mean, like, I want to look super you hot. You wanted to go to Ireland, right? Didn't you? At oh, one no, I mean, point? I, well, sure. I'm sure I t- entertained that at one point. I'm obsessed with Ireland. You know yeah. how I feel. Yeah. But at this point, I'm like, I don't care. I Drew and I were planning to get married on a parked barge. Just, I mean, there's some appeal to that. It was it was a big flat thing on the water. I was like, put up some bistro lights, throw down a couple of tables, get good music, good food, good booze. We had a f- wedding guest list planned of 40 people. I was like, he was going to wear, I was going to wear light gold, like a lame, and he was going to wear- You keep saying that word like I fucking know what it is. Um, you do know what it is if I showed you a picture. Musical last night, there was somebody wearing it. It is shiny- Fabric. Okay. Metallic. All right. Yeah, I can You would totally it. Yeah. know what it yeah. is. Leotards from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Dresses from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dynasty. All of it. Yes. Now now, yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. now I got it. But I wasn't necessarily going to be in LeMay, but like a pale gold. And he was going to wear chambray, a chambray suit. Because at his first wedding, he got married in seersucker. Just imagine how that went. You, you're surprised you get divorced if you get married in seersucker. <laughs> <laughs> but oh we, my that's God. just saying that was so i took some of that money and i went to europe by myself that's what it, and i went to reykjavik berlin and then barcelona what's the first place reykjavik is that iceland, iceland? iceland yeah. yeah but that's not europe right it's not it is no it's not way up here greenland and iceland it, greenland and iceland europe. are not the same place i know that part actually greenland's farther away you know and much icier I, th- do you that, remember that from the Mi- mighty ducks when they go to the junior olympics and the iceland woman coach is super hot and she says to their coach she's like greenland is very cold and iceland is very nice <laughs> something very close no i definitely remember learning later after there are places called Greenland ice that Greenland's the further and the colder in Iceland. But anyway, do you know why that's I didn't know true? That was part I only of Europe. just found that out. I only just found this out that the people who discovered Iceland and Greenland, the whatever Vikings, Danes, Vikings, yeah. whomever, purposely named Iceland Iceland and Greenland Greenland, even though those were flipped misnomers because they didn't want people to go to Iceland. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for primitive folk yeah but so i went to barcelona it was my last stop on that trip and i went on a tinder date on my last night there. oh boy he took me, it, it'll recognize where you just he, pick where you are yeah. yeah went on a tinder date we went to a real nice dinner we went to a bar afterward we made out on a street corner and i was like my flight's at like 7 30 in the morning like i'm out 
thank you for a lovely date. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just like interested in like company. I've been on a trip by myself. He was really nice. He still still is really nice. Um, But like a year later, he came to New York for business. He's a French Canadian guy who lives in Barcelona. Okay. So, and he would like be in Montreal, see his mom, et cetera. So he was in New York and for one night only. And I was like, well, I have plans at 10 o'clock that Thursday, which I did. It was a date. I was like, but I can meet you for happy hour. So I did. I basically went on a date, happy hour date and then another date. Wow. That was the date with Zach Orth, the famous actor that I dated. Zach Orth. He's been in Wet Hot American Summer and a bit, you would recognize his sure, face. Sure, sure. Uh, people did while we were out together. He was in a Broadway play while we were dating. Oh, nice. He's really nice. But anyway, so we had cocktails like a year, year and a half after our Funny. one date. And about a year after that, he was like, come here and visit. And I was like, I don't have any money to spend on a trip to Barcelona. And he was like, so if I pay for your flight and let you stay at my place. Oh, man. You want to come? And I was like, well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I told my mom and I was like, who am I to say no to just like a paid for trip to Barcelona? He made up his guest bedroom. There were like no presumptions. Wow. I mean, I didn't use the guest bedroom. I stayed with him. Sure. But that, but that he's a nice gesture. And we had a lovely time. Like, it's nice to be in a con- in another country in a or a foreign city with someone who lives it like a local. You know, you do all different things. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it was it's like so we went to, for fabulous food and to the topless beach and beautiful wine and all the art. You know, like nice. walked around, had a great time. I went home, and then last year, twenty twenty one, he invited me back. Uh, so that was like two years after the first one. So like every two years, we go on a date. Two of which have been How in Barcelona exotic. that he pays for, <laughs> which is one of my favorite stories to tell people. Because I'm mean, like, I'm like, I guess somebody got that good, right? right? Yeah, <laughs> shit. Okay, um, he's a sweet man. So, uh, but your gig is 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 copywriting, right? Copy editing. Copy editing. I mean, so, I've done a little copywriting, but very little. What are the to me? Copy editing is like editing copy that's been written that's correct to, to adjust to whatever thing it, it didn't land on right away copy editing is really strictly grammar syntax punctuation etc right if, if in advertising where i work now that also means sometimes brand specific choices or or tone of voice you can be like does this sound like okay are okay like what they want Higher level editing, which some people think of as copy editing, but it really isn't the right use of the word, is like line editing. And that's more like just the larger phrase editor. Right. Um, I've done that too. Okay. What is copy? Is copywriting like code? and? No, copywriting just means writing all those words that I'm editing or fixing. Okay. It's like the people that write the scripts for commercials. Sure. Or the copy that goes on labels or taglines, jingles. All of that is copywriting. Interesting. Interesting that I'm sure at one point all of this was just content, called writing. All of website content that's copy. And now we put copy in front of it. Yeah. Well, because we put words in front of most of writing if it's going to be a profession. There's tech, screen, technical. Yeah. Like grant. Yeah. Like yep. we really have, they've become sure. very. That's st- fair. And it's distinct subcategories for a reason. It's so that you can put an ad out there for someone that you want to do the job and it actually is that a person who can do that right not just someone who's like i can write but you but the gig 
that you have now, you were in New York when you got it, and it just Correct. now, and then you were when Darren, the kid with that we don't miss, who was very pretty, who had a child, mm-hmm. um, and moved out in forty hours while I was upstate, and the child was like, she was f- very attached to me. Oh, but didn't she have like a f- phone at a young age? And oh, a she had so many things. The mom was maybe doing some. Yeah, her mom's a lunatic, and Darren wasn't that great either. Yeah, she had a temper tantrum in in the Dwayne Reed because she couldn't buy toys, and her mother's solution was to give her own debit card hmm. at five. And she left her signed in to Target and Amazon.com and Wish.com, left it signed in on her own laptop. It was a laptop provided by school because it was during COVID. So it was her, the six-year-old's laptop. Left her signed in and just let her shop. And she had multiple purchases? Uh-huh. Okay. Fed her only like donuts and junk because she refused to eat anything else which we tried to feed her better things and she would not eat she would just choose to not eat she's like she's like Medeski. she'd go days without eating with us because she'd go she wouldn't eat cheesy red sauce pasta which she loved if she could see oregano in the sauce Mm. it's like this isn't a vegetable girl just get over it oh my god yeah she was a mess um that whole but but the gig you had the gig and then all of a sudden the gig said you have to go so, no, one so of two I places. No, so I had a gig. I had a gig. I got laid off early in COVID. Okay. And then I got a gig I hated while I lived with this problematic man and right. this problematic yes. child. Um. And I hated it. And so when we broke up and I was living in really dirty sublets with dudes, like I didn't ever once use a fork or a glass in that. I lived with them for two months and I'd never once used dish or flatware in that house. It was so filthy. I showered in flip-flops every time I showered and I brought my toothbrush into my bedroom with me every single night because it was real grim in there. I mean... It was a real sad situation. Those dudes were super nice and one of them was a friend of mine and he gave it to me for like $700 a month which in New York is bonkers. So it was the right... Yeah. fit for the moment yeah. but i was obviously very unhappy yeah and i hated my job i was having a lot of friendship problems my relationship had just gone up in yeah. flames and he like got a restraining order on me because i slammed that door but and new gig right so i pursued this new gig i had freelanced for them before and they had to uh, they had to quit freelancing with me because when they became a f- formal subsidiary of their parent company they had to change like tax laws so mm. they could no longer freelance with people outside of a certain set of states. And I was like, did you have, did you fill this position? I'm looking for work. Like I need a change. I called them the week I was here in Kansas city after the breakup. I came home, mm-hmm. you know, get some love, mm-hmm. feel safe and stable. And was like, also I hate my job. I don't have a place to live. My friends kind of suck or have all moved away. You know, N- New York is crazy expensive. I've been there for over a decade. Maybe this is the time for a change. I hit them up and she was like, actually, we're developing it into a new role and maybe you're the perfect fit. And I had one more phone interview and then it was my job. Damn. But it did come with the requirement I had to live in Florida or Georgia. And have you, since the move, have you found yourself being like, I understand why? Why what? That was just tax laws. I had to be in a place where they had an office. They have their primary office is in Atlanta, and they have a small. Ans- so it's a dumb little like you it's, could technically live in theory. You could it is live for their payroll taxes. I had to live in a payroll state. It's, gotcha. So yes, it is a dumb little 
bummer. Fill in the blank. Although maybe not a bummer. Like maybe it was the time for me to be- leave New York. I mean, right, right. And, and Florida's not perfect. For sure. Right. But for what it's worth, I mean, uh, there's definitely, um, you know, an air about, um, you know, New York's the best city in the world. And if you can get there and keep yourself there, there's sort of an, you know, yeah, so there's a little bit of ego in that. They consider you, they, New Yorkers, if it's like 50 50, if you ask them, if you make it seven years or. Half the people will say seven and half the people will say 10 is when you're a real New Yorker. Well, but I mean, like there's there's some ego in being able to get there and stay there. I mean, I didn't feel that way because, you know, I didn't really want to go. It wasn't like I sat around wanting to live in New York. A lot of people are like, what I want to do is be in New York. New York's the only place to be. For me, it was kind of a roll of the dice. I was not trying to leave Denver. Right. So it was different. And then it was like once I was there... I just never had any reason or interest in leaving. Right. You know, it was more like I'm here. Right. And and not floundering. Not floundering. And once I was in publishing, writing, advertising, those are all jobs that really only happen in like three cities in the whole right. country. Uh, Tori. Oh my god! Uh, I remember being like just because we like she's a she's a she's a she's a handful in a character. Yes, well, we were out before it was dark one of the days that we were there, and there were there were drinks at a place, and <clears throat> I just remember casually overhearing like some conversation about uh, jobs and and pay rates and opportunities and interviews, and there were a couple like you know. Not direct, not directly quoting, but there are a couple of moments where it was like, "Oh, honey," kind of like you know, I wouldn't. I'm I'm above living at that pay rate or in those. You know, you know. Does that make sense? You yeah, know? yeah. And, and like being me being like, and you weren't like it seemed like it felt familiar to you. Not necessarily her, but just this whole. Well, uh, she ha- also has two master's degrees, and is very smart yes, and very well-educated. She does not have the same, she's not, she doesn't have the same people skills. Like she's, she's very chatty and friendly and like makes friends, but she doesn't like work well in, in like a full office setting. Mm. She just doesn't vibe with groups. She, I mean, she would say the same of herself. Sure. And I, I, I'm not trying to like single her up, but just that whole air of like, this but, is who I am, and this is New York, and this is how we roll. Is, and I mean, I was regularly getting paid like way less than I should have been getting paid. That sucks. But I mean, I think I'm getting less than I should be getting paid right now. Uh, and she was definitely, and I don't just mean her, but she was a good example of somebody who felt more comfortable. Laura does it too. Um, I, you know, I, I do have a type when it comes to my women, and it's smart and big personalities. Mm-hmm. Both of them are more self-assured and assertive than me. Okay. Like, I'm gregarious and com- <clears throat> confident in some way. Sure, like, yeah. But not that. Like, I will I will take the low... Like, I, I get very shy and weird and sheepish about, like, pushing for things that probably I should. And that applies in my personal life. <laughs> Like I will just You're getting a lot of self awareness points tonight. <laughs> Let me just in case nobody tells you that before you go to bed. 
kudos so it's like she'd be like you should be demanding this or you should do this you should try these other things and it didn't feel possible or i remember we went out to dinner and like uh podcast well first of all like we whenever we oh yeah we were such hardcore podcasters i mean laura makes podcasts and like edits podcast lists nice when we got together uh i remember it was it was like uh, you know again not quoting but you're like so here's the plan. Here's the rundown for tonight. Tonight, so and so's having a thing at like ten, so we'll probably get there at like eleven fifteen, and then we'll <laughs> go to this one place, and then da, 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 blah, blah blah blah. And I was like, I mean, okay, yeah, well, just tell us where to be. And then like the first place we went, like people are like scuttling back and forth between bathrooms and ante rooms and handing off little and i was like what? you're like oh is that how people stay awake how come everybody <laughs> keeps going to the bathroom and anna's like i'm like did you go to the bathroom too she's like i'm like does everybody know but me i mean you went to college right well anyway just a lot of like, although i didn't have any idea when that was happening in college i have ne- i had never done a drug I, Ever. I worked at McCoy's for like four years before I knew that St. Patrick's Day meant that March 10th, we're all going to start getting ready. And then I didn't know that. I, I don't know that now. And and like the way that it came like online was I came in at seven for an opening shift and like Anna and a bunch of other people were still there from the night before and just <laughs> oh, like. The sun coming up didn't clue you in that you should wrap this up. And- no, I mean you're young. Yeah, but anyway, oh, I, when you just said that, like you said that I, you said that I said somebody's having a thing at ten, so we'll get there eleven fifteen. I was like, that's making me tired. Just <laughs> hearing you say that, <laughs> I was like, really? That came out of my mouth. Well, again, paraphrasing. <laughs> Who knows what kind of no, uh, sure, liberties I'm, I'm taking? Just like, oh Jesus! But we were at, we did go out for for a nice meal to one place, and like there was all this podcast chatter, and I was like, so "What are you guys?" Things. And Laura was like, "Phone," and I was like, uh, "And I, I love it that she did that because that had to be before she was editing lists of podcasts and for the she, Atlantic." Like I didn't look then. I uh, thank She's you so- very much, and I put it away. And then later, I was like, "She signed me up for like fifteen weekly podcasts. How she has anybody? Taste in it too. Well, and no, she's they so, were all fantastic. But she's how so bossy too? Which, I mean, again, I have a type, and Anna. I mean, Anna's mom. Mom is the oldest of her whole siblings. Anna's an older sister. Right. All of my friends are big, bossy, assertive women. Sure, like I clearly go for being bossed around. Mm. When Laura and I first became friends and she was editor-in-chief and my interview for being an unpaid intern there was actually just like two hours of us talking. It was like a really good first date. Sure. And then I didn't get that job, but she made up- I'm going to call you in 18 months and we'll go to Barcelona. (laughs) Oh, man. Hashtag worth it. Right. (laughs) And I mean for him. Right. right. (laughs) He was here. (laughs) But I just remember- she she usually gave the restaurant reviews to herself like you know we mm. did food art mm-hmm. like it was a lo- it was li- a, a lifestyle glossy yes you know? and she mostly did the f- restaurant reviews herself because it's a because it's a dope deal when she couldn't do it she like passed them out evenly amongst other people that's cool but also when she went she usually got to bring one person mm. so she would kind of keep that varied so 
people got to go with, I got to go with her to several. Sure. And it was so fun. And this is still the, as her friend, this is maintained true for the 15 years of us knowing each other that she will order for the table. And oh, I'm an, yeah. I'm a non picky yeah. and basically adventurous eater. And I say basically adventurous. Cause it's like, there are things. Yeah. There is a bridge too far, yeah. but I am, I will. Don't order me the Republican national convention. <laughs> I don't want to hear. I mean, maybe unless I there's an opportunity. And, I mean, if I eat it, does it go away forever? <laughs> <laughs> no, <Nope>. it's corn. <laughs> Gross, awesome, gross. <laughs> Have you seen that cartoon with the know. the like four or five vegetable buddies that are about to go on the roller coaster ride, and at the end, like the Only carrot the and the squash, comes. and the, they're all just like heroin, <laughs> and corn's like again. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, but. Um, I do like people to take charge. Sure. And it's not because I'm indecisive. No, it, there's something appealing about because that. Because I I am decisive. Like if someone if I'm in a group of people and it's like the decision is floundering, my impatience kicks in. It, it, and I'll be like, yeah. fine, this is what's happening. Yeah. But it's that I I hungry, I eat. But it is that it's like I actually am so flexible with food and drink and usually activities. Sure. Like I said. Yeah. You know, I'm like ask I'll go, me. I'll go to a fish show. Yeah. Why the fuck not? I'll sit in a box at a Rangers game when I've never been to a hockey game since the Blades were in Kansas City. You've been to a Rangers game in a box? First year I lived in New York. Damn. Blam. Only one I've been to. Was it fun? I only do first class <laughs> in Barcelona. <laughs> Tom Segura has a great bit about uh, never, this is long, now yes. it's way different, but a long time ago, flying so much that he'll often get bumped up to first sure, class yeah. never have actually paid for a no, first class he's ticket got, he's got like but he's points. like i'm telling you the second i get upgraded i'm like look at these pieces of shit like, <laughs> you come up wanting to use the first class bathroom i'll put my hand on your chest <laughs> <laughs> i've only been bumped to first class one time nice. ever and it was like the shortest leg of a two of a two flight mm -hmm. trip i mean i think i was in that plane for 45 minutes sure and I was in one E. Okay. All right. All right. Let, let yeah. the record show yeah. that I did a little uh, shirt shirt puff mm -hmm. here because mm -hmm. that's me. It, but, by the way, that's a seventy-five year old dying woman's shirt puff. <laughs> if I'm if I'm quoting <laughs> From correctly, Okaboji, right. Iowa. Right. Like, and it's quilted. Mm. It's mm -hmm. like deeply uncool, mm, man. But, you know, as my life in Florida is so much more sedentary, you know how much I walked in New York. And I still will walk in Florida, but I have to decide to get up and walk four miles. Oh, I tell people all the time about uh, my whatever epiphany realization when we're there and, and about how much walking you really well do. but like bodegas and lawn like i I, I tell the three laundry rates uh, all the you know a buck per pound blah 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 and then dollar 75 for, for whatever fold. And, yeah and yeah. then and anyway and then uh at one point i think i asked enough questions about it and you looked at me and you're like i mean life in new york it really just boils down to how much do you want to carry that shit and i was like <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, delivery is the third rate. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> yeah. like somebody was like just I paid when I was living before I lived with Darren and we had in building laundry. So in, when I lived in that terrible little tiny apartment in Manhattan, the very first one, we had laundry on every floor. So I did my own, just walked down the hall. Then we moved 
to that place in Williamsburg, the four bedroom with all those people. Mm -hmm. There was no laundry in that Mm -hmm. whole place. And then I lived with Drew, no laundry in that place. In both of those, and then I lived by myself with like rotating people. I Airbnb'd my second bedroom too because I couldn't afford it when I lived in Ridgewood. No laundry. So three apartments in a row for like seven years. No laundry. And I would say for almost all of those seven years, I used a service there where you used an app and they came to your house and picked it up and you could have like a separate tied bag for the things you wanted air dried inside it. And they charged you more for that, of course. Of course. And then they delivered it back to you. Right. And you had to use their bags. Like they had like branded sure, bag, sure. laundry yeah. bags. But it was, and it was, let's say that norm, doing your laundry by yourself is a dollar a load. That was probably two, two ten a load. Like there's a major fee attached to the whole thing. Yeah, but you tip them. There's, and I was like, yeah, but I don't have to do my laundry, mm-hmm. and I don't mind doing laundry. No, of course not. Like now but... that there's laundry on my floor now, and I gladly do it. Yeah, but I am not. I more than once walked my incredibly heavy laundry bag to a laundromat and it would like tear on the way. Oh my God. Or you'd end up having to carry it in front of you (laughs) in that way that like your arms are not supposed to hold this weight. So you're trembling and then like sore for two days Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. a weird like bowling muscle. Yeah. Oh, I haven't used those muscles (laughs) in forever. That's why I call them them. Because I'm always a little sore after bowling because it's like you torque. Just... But I remember, like, it's like we're going somewhere, and it's like every fucking story has got like. And then I dipped into a bodega for a seltzer water, and I'm like, "Why isn't anybody buying a twelve pack?" And you were like, "Cause you don't carry that home." And I was like, <laughs> "You get your laundry, uh-huh. you get your laundry picked up and delivered. You get your groceries right. delivered, and then, I mean, if if you didn't have your groceries delivered, you had to have one of those old lady carts, mm-hmm. which are not." solely for old ladies mm-hmm. but all old people have them mm-hmm. because they can't even bring back like their items from the Dwayne raid oh my god <laughs> how you get your toilet paper back so you're li- like before we're gonna get into your list but uh, do you your folks put on music in the house when you guys were kids like i know your dad's a beatles fan and your mom is always they're like, both beatles fans. okay my dad more so but they're both i mean there's two two beatles songs in their actual wedding ceremony right because they're corny but did they put on albums or turn on the radio or do you have any memories of that i mean i don't remember as much in the house we had a you know they got like a one of those stereo systems you know with like a record player on top and a five disc changer Mm -hmm. and it was very big fancy deal at the time like decent sound Mm -hmm. and my they had cd collections but i think that most of the time that we actually listened to music in the house was when we were in school and i played me and my friends Ruth, Claire, Gwen, and me would play CDs. Hofer? Hofer? Now Hofer. Yeah, McGowie. McGowie, yes. Uh, And Ruth, Russell, and Gwen, or and Claire, he's her. May she rest in peace. Um, We used to play music and write down all the tracks on a piece of paper and then write our names to it for who got to like dance for the others. How fun. So track by track okay and there were a lot of like billboard top 10 sure for this year so it was a lot of 60s yeah so and when i was little when i was even like just in like my pre-teens or like adolescence i wanted to listen to 107.5 like the alternative radio station do you remember i mean it was literally like 
alternative rock when yeah. that was still a genre yeah. that was written. yeah. My parents obviously hated that, mm-hmm. and at the time, I hated that they wanted to listen to NPR because you know I was twelve or thirteen. Yeah. Now it's like you fool. <laughs> my bag, literally, that's at my foot, says public radio nerd, right. and it's KCUR ninety eight point three. So obviously, times change, right? But we said old on oldies. Okay. The family car rides were oldies radio. Okay. Always. I s- still remember all the words to everything. I mean, I we would probably, you know, have a really good duel in that. I mean, challenge accepted. How do we arrange it? I mean. <laughs> and where? Because it obviously needs an audience. Yeah. Because I sure. also, you, have you ever seen me karaoke? I was once told... I someone a girlfriend of mine in New York told me she'd never seen anyone take up so much space while karaokeing because it was like a little lifted section of the bar that like had a booth in it and one table when it was regular service but karaoke nights they'd take that table out so you were like just a tiny bit above everyone else mm. and it was an open space and I would dance around the whole dang thing. Oh nice. There's videos and there's oh, I'm sure. I perform. So how about making the leap from the car ride to whenever now you're you obviously you want to listen to 107.5 but i mean do you have like a first record that you bought or I remember, a love for for an album that a friend had or i mean that's like a complicated answer but so my parents had the fancy whatever mm-hmm, system mm-hmm. anna was never really that into music she would take offense to that now she has i was like you're not that into music and she got a little she we we but had this she, conversation like two weeks ago. But when, especially in high school, I remember she 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 had cool friends. Yeah. She had cool older boyfriend. Sure, they like gave her things. Yeah, she's very receptive. Yes. to music. Yes, but she doesn't have the same <clears throat> drive. My mom, you know, my mom sings and was mm-hmm. a drama major, and that's and hello, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's and and i have so many more feelings so i connect to music like in a really intense way that i just don't think has always if even now is true of anna no and then also not just not everybody's like that no sure sure so. um but for me it was yes so i asked for a boom box you know when i was like in the sixth grade okay Anna didn't have one. She's four years older than me. She's she didn't have a boom. And that's my point. It's like, so you're like all the way in high school already and you don't even need a way to play music in your own room. She got one eventually, but right. I got a pop up on the top single C D cassette front load mm-hmm. boombox. And it was delivered to me with a few CDs. I believe three. Cranberries, no need to argue. Okay, solid. Still love it. Is Absolutely. That travel around this town. Let the cops. No, that's a Gin Blossoms. No, Cranberries is uh, was like zombie. That was their big hit okay. off that one. But the whole album is actually excellent, especially if you're a moody girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, after all, Siobhan or Dolores O'Riordan. That was the lead singer. Okay. Okay. Um, and she killed herself a couple oh my years God. ago. Yeah, so I'm like, all, get away of the, from all of the sad sack women <laughs> are really my jam. Jesus. But it's true. I had all the feelings. Alanis said, I told you about that. But when I got the boombox, it was given to me with like three pre-selected, not by me. Right. Cranberries, some like odd B-sides only. Um, oh my God, who who's saying, you know, like, I'm a picker? Oh, Steve Miller. Yeah, but like not even one of their normal, like uh, 
true record. It was like a off-brand, the best ofs, you know, that mm. kind of vibe. Yeah. So it was like yeah. something I've maybe never listened to. Right, all right. And Hootie and the Blowfish. Okay. Dar- old Darius Rucker. <laughs> Which, I He's mean, still around doing shit. Yeah, I but mean, it's like I didn't pick any of that out. I now, went, now, did somebody else or did it come that they actually No, no, come definitely with... my parents picked those out. Interesting. Which I believe the first CD I purchased for it was Tommy James and the Shondells, which let's just talk about how uncool I am. I mean, but I, that's, you know, that's that's a, that's a an oldie staple. But this is my right? point. I bought, but I was like, you know what? I have no music collection. You know what I need? Tommy James and the but Shondells. The, that's a, and a, like the Mamas and the Papas. Those are artists, though, that, you know, whether it's one table removed in the karaoke section of the bar or like with a comb in front of your mirror in your bedroom. Oh, I you was could perform. I was a shower singer okay, there because you go. I was the person who stood in a shower for 25 minutes feeling my feelings and like practicing my Fiona Apple. Mm-hmm. Everything else, at least at that time, was all cassette tapes. Like I had toadies on cassette, Pres- Presidency USA on cassette. I bought Hell Freezes Over on cassette. The Eagles? That's right, son. Okay. All right. <laughs> I um, stole Metallica from Anna. I stole Bette Midler from my mom. Sure. I love Bette Midler yeah. to this day. I mean, well, your list uh, is is um, super female heavy. Uh, That's the s- Strong personalities. Uh, and it starts in 1995 with Jagged Little Pill, um, who, you know. Which, when we went to that concert, it was so wild. People were weeping almost the whole time. So just to, just to prove a point. This is you, your sister, Brandy. Leah and Leah. And Leah Krieger? Mm-hmm. That, that, okay. And it was here. Yeah. Anna and I bought tickets with Brandy in North Carolina because the original lineup, which was for 2020, we were going to meet in between. Kansas, go someplace that wasn't Kansas City and wasn't New York. We had like an Airbnb booked, but it all got canceled because right, of COVID. Right, right. Got rescheduled September 2021 or whatever it was. And like, uh, and we just came crossroads here. grinders and it rained. Is that no, 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 no. It was, it was an arena. Oh, into inside. Okay. And it was packed and, and amazing. And people were weeping. I bought two shirts and I, <laughs> and I almost never buy <laughs> one shirt. shirts at band things. I got one that is like the cover of Jagged Little Pill and just says Alanis Morissette and then has the tour dates on the back. The other one says, you know how those Catholic girls can be, because that's one of the songs on that album. Well, she's—I mean, her like devout. R- well, raised. she feels really traumatized by her Catholicism. Well, too. but I mean, that's the what she was born into. Was... Well, I mean, so were we, and I'm somehow not quite so. Well, devout. I mean, like. I mean, we were really we were pretty Catholic, right? Yeah. But no, I didn't feel oppressed by it. And if anything, I you know yes. I think we benefited from the community right. in a way that. Right. Not all Catholic communities are. I'm not even going to go there. But I thought it was like, you know, I've got to get that as I am one of those Catholic girls can be. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. uh, but it's yes, a, it's a fascinating flex for sure. All around us were crying. We were crying because it was amazing. And it's it all just... so directly re- that album for everybody that loves it, which was a huge amount of people. It's like it was a hugely successful album. You know, mm-hmm. it's all very viscerally about. It's like we all feel those feelings so sure. hard, which that's what I mean, like when I was like uh, at the risk of being one note, but it's like all those female singer songwriter things is because they're, first of all, a lot of them are exceptional musicians. You know, like Ani DeFranco is a remarkable guitarist and lyricist, 
Fiona Apple plays the piano. Like, so they, these are like multi-talented, very serious musicians, but they all happened to me because really for the lyrics, it was like, this is speaking things that I can't put words to this well. Nico Case is actually my songbird. Like she speaks every single album. Spoiler alert times four, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. We uh, said female. I didn't know that we had to build up. No, no, to no. It. Well, I just, you know, it's, 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 it's a joke. Um, I, I, I will, before I forget, um, we, Anna and I went to I think the bottleneck. It was definitely a Lawrence oh my God. bar to s- in like twenty two. We were living on Mercer, twenty oh eight, pre kids. I'm pretty sure. And to, so to 08, see oh nine, uh, oh, yeah, to see Mike Gordon, bass okay. player for Fish, and his little side blah blah blah. Uh, it was really really fun and groovy and like just ki- kind of different. And then they encored with. Um, uh, I've got one hand in my pocket. Oh, and, Alana's and, more and, and so, like, li- so if there's 65 people in the room, like everybody's kind of like leaning in, like I don't. This feels familiar somehow because it sounded so different because they're doing their own take. And on what it. is the and like Until I you- looked over and I have never before and never since seen Anna. On the level of geeked out, and when they, by the time they hit the, she was I'm, every single word, and I was like, "Where is this?" And I am telling you, that is what ev- in a packed arena, right? Everyone was doing that. People are like looking around and touching each other. I haven't had that much contact physically with like people I'm not with at a show, a seated show, you know, not like obviously bumping around shoulders right, when you're right. on the floor. Since I went to Neil Diamond in college, oh my, I, I bought. My first college boyfriend was really into Neil Diamond, kind of in a jokey way, but also like for sure not. So I bought him Neil Diamond tickets for either his birthday or Christmas, whatever. And we went here in the city. You know, okay. He was yeah. my KU boyfriend. Yeah. We went and he played Sweet Caroline three times. Mm-mm. Yes, he did. I mean, he's a shtick. All he is is a sequin shirt and some swooning older women. I mean, I think a number of those songs are excellent, but three times yeah I mean, twice is an insult yeah well he played it three times and then at some point and i don't know during which song i'm gonna hope it was one of the renditions of sweet caroline since we'd had enough he laid down on the stage and there was at the front of the floor seats there were seats on the floor but at the very front people were standing not big enough to be in any way like an actual like floor area it was just like there was a little space so the first row of people were all standing and they were right at the edge arms in the air like like beatles level mayhem and insanity yeah reaching for neil diamond who was not young even then and he laid down on his side which is weird and reached his arm out into this throng of women got somebody who was probably 30 so not an older woman at all and like pulled her to oh him my. and then they made out what? for no joke over a minute which in the world like in the world of me making out with people <laughs> not so long but but, but when on there's public display and that feels when like 10 minutes the band is still playing but there's nobody singing is the most awkward silence wow. and a woman behind me who i do not know did not know do not know punched me in the back not like really hard but more like you know you're like whoa but she hit me 
And I turned around and she was like, that lucky bitch. Oh my God. <laughs> and me and Dave looked at each other. We were both like, because it just made all of it more absurd because we weren't that kind of fandom. Like he was at least half a joke. And I'm like, he's got some good tunes. He's Neil Diamond. Of course, some of those are good. Like for real, some of them are actually good songs and some of them are obnoxious. You've heard them too many times. Earworms. Well, we, we I mean, we danced to a Neil Diamond song, your sister and I. You danced to a Neil Young song. Diamond. No. <laughs> what? First of all, time out. It's, this, this is how it started. She was like, I'm going to get you an a, an album by an artist you love. And she, I opened this present, and it's Neil Diamond. And I looked at her, and she goes, that's not right, is it? And I was like, Neil because Young. Because you do love Neil Young. And she yeah. was like, but this is... God, that's exactly, I know, that face that she makes. You do that good. This is, I'm telling you, singer-songwriter Neil Diamond goes up to a cabin in the woods for six months per Rick Rubin's okay. assignment, comes back down, and Rick Rubin goes, get back up there. Because his the work was so different and better. Good, No, meaning like, You've laid down the bones. Now, you, now you got the hard writing. That first draft is easy. The editing, sure. Is, I mean, I don't think writing a first draft is easy, but, but I, I get the point. But yeah, if it's your own shit, well, anyway, uh, fantastic album. What it, what album was it? It's called Twelve Songs, and the song we danced to is called. I mean, our. I remember the song. I we, could we feel like took, I could sing some of it, uh, and I would have stayed. Love through. is not about we. I mean. I would have staked my life that it was Neil Young. No, but anyway, this is revelatory. Um, <laughs> that's wild. That is wild. Yeah, crazy. But uh, she has always been, you know, uh, uh, as not speaking as as a super fan. Or uh, she's always just had this like sort of indescribable cool appeal to her. I mean, do you mean Alanis Morissette? Yes. Yes. Oh, I mean, yes. She is unimpeachably cool. She's like detached. She's troubled, but doesn't seem She's scared, but she's lonely. <laughs> she doesn't seem scary. Right. She's also like a pocket person. Like you could she is like 5'1". Right. She's teeny. Right. I mean, got played god in Dogma, which I think is super appropriate, uh, and was a complete surprise when those. Church oh yeah, tra- I was like, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> I mean, they knew real. what they were doing. Yeah, uh, nailed it. And to, you know, um, she's cut from the '74 cloth, so I feel a I didn't know that. a bond there. Um, but <laughs> to me, you know, so for whatever small generational gap there is between the two of us, like she was really post. Madonna, Janet, and maybe maybe throw Cindy Lauper in there, but she, the first real big visible female presence, like I am fucking here for and sure, I- and also not in the other ways that these that the female singer songwriters that I've already mentioned and will mention or don't whatever spoilers, but not like a pianist. There's like right. you could name nine mm-hmm. moody acoustic guitar or pianist singers and she really kind of rocked well i mean she had flea and dave navarro on you ought to know and she she wrote all those songs you know it's like you know do you know who uh drummed for the tour for jagged little pill tour taylor hawkins who taylor hawkins which is who i knew the other two. the dude from foo fighters that just died oh Oh. i mean that's some you know who opened 
for her that for her on the summer leg of that tour? Well, was it? I mean, there, whoever I wanted it to be did not make it to our leg after it was supposed to be Liz Fair at some point. Radiohead. Well, well, shit. Yeah. Opening. That's just basically co-headlining. You can't call uh, Radiohead an opener. But this is, you know, Jagged Little Pill is. I was bummed out to not see Liz Fair because put her on that list of. Jagged Little Pill's yes, 95, so Radiohead isn't huge yet. Right? Creep, oh, Creep is out. Yeah. Creep is definitely out, but. I thought you meant of the more recent. Tour. No, no, no. Just, Original tour. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, you're welcome, Radiohead. Right. <laughs> 1986, five episodes of You Can't Do That on Television on Nickelodeon. I don't know if. No, we didn't have cable. My parents well, didn't cable till I went to college. My mom's second marriage, which took us to Atlanta from 82 to 85, we had it for those three years. So it was like all the Nickelodeon <laughs> and MTV, just, <laughs> you know, um, a bunch of episodes of Weeds, which was a show that I love. Yes, she's the obstetrician. Yes, yes. Uh, and Sex in the City. Her name is Audra, and she's dope. Yeah, she's in Sex in the City, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Vagina Monologues. Well, I mean, Vagina Monologues seems like a duh. But all of which have like heavy, generous ladles in the pool cool, right? You know, you mean the cool pool? The pool of cool. I oh. forgot the of didn't make it out. Yeah, and that's passive voice, Blair. You can do better. Okay. Um, <laughs> so third third of ten records for her. I mean, how how was this Friends? Just the radio? How did this record make its way into your fold? I mean, what? I, I know Jagged she, Little yeah. Pill. I don't know. I bought it, Kay. and I mean, like you know. For, for all of high school, for whatever part of junior high that I had access to this stuff, right? So let's say sixth grade to 12th grade at least, I spent all my money on music. All of it. I bought things I had never heard of. I bought tickets to shows I wasn't familiar with. Wow. I went, I went to, I, I have no way of telling what shows I went to in high school because I went to everything. Damn. I mean, and if I look back on it and really wanted to quantify how much money I spent, it's got to be a ton no. because music was my jam sure and at the time really napster didn't happen until i was like a junior or senior right so the only way you could do it was buying things and going to things right i mean we recorded stuff off on the radio yeah. on our mixtapes where you're like frantically trying to get over to the record button when you hear the first bars of the song you've been listening for or if you hit it perfectly in the beginning and then they they talk over yeah it before and then, or like you let it go for too long at the end. Those were like the homemade mixtapes, but, and like I said, but I did buy Jagged Little Pill. Sure. And then just, you know, feelings happened. And I played it over and over and I over and over. I can totally see it. And over and over and over, <clears throat> which is how I still operate. That's why the female singer songwriters are. Yeah. I'm like when something hits just right and feels like something like home, then it gets played over and over yeah. and those still get played over and over well uh, so you know that's uh what i say that was 95 a year later um and now like right kind of around the time this came out um i'm now in durango and i'm doing a radio show and i remember like somehow From this radio station the caller radio what right here it 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 KDUR, which that, sounds so much like KCUR, but is also color radio. The very one. Color radio. <laughs> uh, so I came in, and it's like uh, there was um, the station manager uh, is out. Like she's like a lesbian. She's partnered. And I'm like, 
damn like because you didn't know very many out lesbians at the right, time right right sure. and then uh the program director uh who also was a shawnee mission east graduate uh also and and that kind of once you turn your head that way then you see like a lot like there's a whole bunch of people that are in this fabric right and it's like oh fuck and so uh it, it really got keyed in when i i, I don't know if i was there early prepping for my show or just tuned in like on my own time. But I heard, uh, somebody, somebody wrapped up their show with a, a live version of anticipate, which to Do me, I know what anticipate it's, is? it's an Annie DeFranco, DeFranco song from oh, her second record. I probably know it You'd, and don't know the name. And it's got like, just because I own maybe 17 or 25 Ani DeFranco records. The, uh, the And I never like looked at the track. Right, but there's some really, really phenomenal guitar playing. Because she is. She's like a very talented I guitarist. know, but she's doing like weird hammer-offs and, uh, you know, like things that I don't, I'm making up terms because I don't even know. <laughs> I'm enjoying that. But, I like to ham- and hammer And so off. I was like, I'm going to go deep down this hole and really, but I could never really find anything that captured me musically the way that particular song did sure. so dilate from 96 yeah. um had uh, i think this is the one where the, on the cover she's like bent over and got like dreads dreads yeah, yeah. and like it's very gritty and poorly the image itself and like graphics are all like but, not, but that's because she knows she really cool yeah well she is talk about the cool pool i mean for real she was dunked in it like a Achilles, she's coded in the cool. Emancipated from her folks at fifteen, uh, starts her own record label, Righteous Which is Babe, still her at nineteen, label. and all of her albums. Yeah, and I think other people have put stuff yeah, out on that yeah. label too. I mean, but really, just you know, and like married to a man, then divorced him, got married to a woman, and or long term with a woman, and then separated from her and got married to another man and had a baby, and that's like her happiest album. Well, I, you know language nerds i think can agree that uh I, I don't know what the number is but there's definitely a collection of words that really used to like mean a thing and then we you know just run it out there for any old thing and it loses like pioneer okay she was for me like an in, in independent like fuck you i'm a musician i'm gonna put my shit out and and then to be successful like yeah. to, I, that was the first time i was like whoa well dude. to be a young woman yes both things checked usually against you who removed herself from upstate new york to new york city at 18 17 like is bonkers during the night big set of ovaries before before new york felt at all safe right you know like yeah like a not a not a peak new york moment and the work she put out like i listened to a song where you know she's 19 because she says a phrase after 19 times around i have found meaning obviously right. 19 times around right the sun and it's like what because i that song is still magnificent like it's not do you think that she's like you know divorced and has kids th- yes, and like such been through such an economic crisis so much emotional maturity and eloquence yes and so many incredible turns of phrases i like, love the um, you mentioned the little cliff's notes look into her romantic life there's an, a 2019 interview with jezebel 
where she says she prefers the term queer as bisexual sounds medical, like what you do to a frog in ninth grade science or something. The irony is that I'm pretty fucking hetero, which is unfortunate for me because many of my deepest connections are with women, but nah, I just like what's in boys' pants better. Oh my God. Those could be written by me. My friends, so I found like a clatch of lesbians in my like latter years in New York. Really? And I love them all so Are you much. still in? I, I hung out with one the most. She's sort of how I got there. I met her through friends. And we just got along really well. And we started hanging out a lot. And then those hangouts started to look like dates. Ooh. You know, we'd meet for happy hour, play pool and have a beer. Are you about to invite me to Spain? And then, well... <laughs> And she's to this day the only woman I've been with. Um, oh, because they started to look like dates, and I did. She's a she's she's still my friend, and she is attractive and okay. stylish, and like low key, sure, and funny and kind, and like checking all the boxes. We have all the same interests. Literally, we got along like crazy good. So that's like we just hung out more and more and. Then it was like there were clear flirt vibes, and I was like attracted to her. Sure. And it was really when I started having a conversation with myself that I think was probably been true forever, where it's like like your father so often does conversations <laughs> with himself. <laughs> no, he's he's like <laughs> muttering. I'm kidding. But me, me too. Me this, too. but you know, like where what is it the Kinsey scale, and that's like not a hundred percent like a modern measurement, but it is the only thing where it was like considered an actual numbered gradient of. S- hetero to homosexual okay and that we all live how do you spell that kinsey like the guy who did all this the yeah um, but k-i-n-s-e-y that's what i was gonna guess but but that's still the only like numeral scale for the spectrum of sexuality Mm. and gender and i was like i don't know if i feel like i'm a gay man inside because i get along with gay men so well and i'm such a quote unquote fag hag and love it but I'm also, turns out, like, kind of a gay girl hag, whatever we call that. Sure. And I'm certain there's a phrase. There, there is. I don't think it's very catchy or clever. Yeah, but it, But it, you're like, all right. It does, probably doesn't rhyme. Uh, but yeah, no. when I started hanging out with her, and then we did, and she was like, you know, we're going to end up having sex. And I was like, you know, I'm straight. Like, super straight. And she was like, you know, we're going to end up having sex. And I was just like... And then as we hung out, I mean, it felt real because I was I felt physical attraction to her. Sure. And the chemistry was so good. We hooked up one time, and the whole time I felt super uncomfortable. Oh shit! I didn't like it. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Super sucks. I just like what's in boys' pants. That's I was like so. And she jokes still when I lived there, and like you know, only wear like glittery mini skirts and sheer stockings, and then a flannel shirt with my Dickies work jacket over it and my Carhartt hat and then red lipstick. She was like, you're gayer than all the people I know that are gay. And I was like, right? All except for like that sex part. Right. Like, so it's like, am I- Tiniest a, detail. Yeah, I'm like, am I a gay woman? Am I a gay man hiding inside a gay woman who's really straight? I mean, I'll give you another 40 years to figure it and out. And I have but... like some masculine energy. Like I've men I'm with, like I get along with men so well. Sure. Like there's some stuff. I was like, maybe I'm a little queer gender wise, but not at all sexuality I mean, wise. And maybe that's it. I don't know. Well, this. Uh, but that. But Ani, Ani gets me. I mean, 
this anticipate it was uh, i i found it on a, a live record from 97 uh reveling and reckoning no um clip i think some living in clip living clip but it came it was on her the studio version was on her second record uh, but dilate how did you cross paths with dilate honestly so like i don't know how they got there but when i was like carpooling to saint Teresa's all the time with maggie and natalie do you know those girls maggie mckee is who it was she's married now and natalie is, Ruart, she, is she one of your people that you traditionally would connect with over holiday breaks I mean, in college, yes, we've definitely drifted apart. Okay. She also lived in Denver. Maggie did. Okay. But Maggie was like my best friend in junior high. And Natalie and Natalie went, and her had been friends for like, we've, we all went to St. Peter's, known each other our whole lives, and then went to St. Teresa's. We carpooled. Claire carpooled with us. But, and I don't know how that happened that they found out about. But so it was like playing in, I didn't have a car. I was the youngest because I don't turn until the summer after a year. You know, like whatever age mm -hmm. everybody else is. The whole year I am mm -hmm. the summer after that mm -hmm. year. So I'm in everybody else's car. And I don't know how they got onto it, but they were. Okay. And then it was like in the spirit of the way I buy everything and regardless of what I know. And mom used to like occasionally actually do like BMG Music Club for us. Oh, shit. Like, okay. Not once or twice, but not not all the time. Sure. But she'd be like, we're going to do it this time. You circle four, you circle four. Hey. And shouts out the, to Mary Jo. The options in those selections were always really odd, like nothing that was actually totally current or popular. Right. So I would just look for the names of bands I knew at all, you know, like that I'd even heard of. Yeah. Because a lot of it was stuff you. It's a good. It's a safe. Definitely how I got like some violent femmes. Right. You know, like yeah. because I was like, oh, I, I know this, but I didn't know the CDs, so I just started buying things. I definitely bought four Ani DeFranco CDs without nice. really knowing what I was doing. You know, put them on. And now here I am, 100 years later. Being like, 100% obsessed with was her. Was she talking about me in that <laughs> quote? Uh, so if we stay in the same year, but dip for a quick second away from the ladies, we sure. got Pinkerton by Weezer. <gasps> Still, uh, I think, one of the best records of all time. And, and we kicked it off with sort of two Canadian kind of roots, and now we're in L.A., uh, I, you know, for me, Buddy Holly, Say It Ain't So, Sweater Song, Beverly Hills, like those. I, the, Beverly Hills came after Pinkerton. I know, but th that's really all I have on these now, guys. Now, those first, I mean, the Blue Album, that's their right? first, yeah. is amazing. Yes. But it is more traditional pop. Like, it has a little bit of an edge, but they're, but it's a pop record. And I have nothing wrong with, mm -hmm. I'm not an anti-pop person. It's a pop record with some, like, a little bit of intention in the fidelity. Yes, because like, of they're the production. nerds. Because right. it's. And I mean, when I was the first computer my parents got, I think they got when I was in the seventh grade, and I immediately made the background a tiled picture of Rivers Cuomo. I was obsessed with him. Okay. I still like a man in glasses. Yes, Whoa. I. I yes, that I tracks. Yeah, that yeah. tracks. <laughs> I mean, like a nerdy musician in glasses who appreciates music and words. Like, okay, mm -hmm, too bad mm -hmm. he's only into Asian girls. <laughs> <laughs> he's well documented. Right. He, yeah. Right. Um. But I, I've got the receipts, I think they say. <laughs> yes. But I love that Blue Album. I when, I went to so many Weezer shows, I don't know how many I went to. I got a Turk, a perfectly shaded turquoise of the Blue Album t-shirt. Went to the place where, when I was in high school, we made a bunch. We did a lot of t-shirt making for each other. We did it for like birthdays. Oh, really? Cool. Me and Megan Betterman put together a scavenger hunt when we were senior years, seniors for like 
25 girls a an actions scavenger hunt. So you didn't go find things. You had to go do things like drive through a drive through backwards, fake an orgasm in a library. Oh my God. Talk, we we made a list. It, me and Aaron and Megan, Aaron Smith, uh-huh, Aaron uh-huh. Laughlin. We did this together and then divided everyone up into teams and everybody made us t-shirts as the bosses. It had like a logo and then our names on the back, like a jersey. And we did it all the time. Jeannie Neenan made more t-shirts for people. She was also a mega mix CD maker. Okay. I, uh, nice. We, we did a lot of a lot of this stuff. Most people still have the mixtapes I made them. Beth Maggard told me I was the best. That's who I'm thinking of. Beth Maggard yes. is still the tops. She's she's top notch. That's not who you were talking about a minute ago that's married now. And... She is married no, now. I know, but... They all are now. No, I know. Anyway, it doesn't Yeah. I, she's I like her a lot. She's she's top notch, man. There's nothing not to like. They all I have, I got super lucky in the fact that all the people I befriended in like grade school and high school are still people I'm friends with, right? Me, and I'm like would choose them again currently, right? Like it's not just right. longevity, but I I got a T-shirt exactly that color, and then I printed out the word Weezer, the logo, took it to the T-shirt store, made them and make the Weezer just into a transfer and then put it on the shirt that was the exact same turquoise so that I was wearing the blue nice. the blue album as a t-shirt. Well, the cover art for this one is very intense and Asian actually. Very Asian inspired. Yeah, I like it a lot and uh this guy Yes, that's that this is Japan. It, like it has to be it's... or China. Uh, night snow at Kambara is. Uh, Where do we think Kambara is? Well, Japan over there, China. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there. It's just to the right of Iceland and Greenland. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, by the by the shape, of, these are like pagodas, and it's in snow. And yes, the hats. But he like like this. There's a lot of a uh, lot of mental health stuff uh, with I think him, um, and and like um, you know some dips into depression and, oh. and actually like there's he a, considered this his baby this was his artistic well so there's opus i i didn't you know stay there a long time but it kind of looked like a lot of the tracks had to do with like uh uh the idea of a relationship that was never to be or a failed relationship and and one of you know kind of just glancing he got a, like a a letter from a, a a gal i think in japan um and he was yes, like and there's a whole song about it and it's amazing uh, yes and he was like <laughs> immediately i'm like super super attracted uh, and, and uh, also and she was probably too young there's an aspect of that in well there. but also i'm like uh you know being crushed by the depression that is the reality that I'll never meet this person. So a whole lot of... Oh, yeah. it's <clears throat> So, I mean, there's like a lot of writing out there about this album because it was critically acclaimed and it's exceptional. But it was such a huge departure from the first album that a lot of people were thrown. Their fans were like, what is this? This is like a different situation entirely. And it didn't do commercially very well. But it... But like musically, if you you know taking a step back, it's like right. this is excellent work. But it got panned so hard, and his rec- his label so disavowed it because of this that it. And this this is part of the reason I love it is because I'm like because this is fucking excellent work, and it's just so discouraging to me that anybody would be like, 
because it didn't get well, understood. I thought, I thought by the time it all came out, everything that you're saying came out in the wash that he was like, yeah, this is a garbage record. I the, think, well, that might, that maybe Or maybe at one point. True. Yeah. Well, I mean, the very next album was all green and just a total reversion to the, back to, yeah. to the formula. And then he got cornier, they got cornier and cornier. The red album was cornier. You know, I mean. They put out 14 fucking records. And I've seen him live since then, and he jumps off the stage. Like, I saw him at a festival somewhere. Sure. God knows where. Maybe. Maybe Lawrence. Right. I don't know. Yeah. But jump off stage and, like, just totting around. And he's not a tall man, so you could actually lose him in a crowd. (laughs) Even if he is the lead singer and he's got a guitar, you're like, I don't know where Rivers just went. Right. (laughs) Well, uh, skip forward a few years. uh, Fiona Apple. When When the Pawn, however... Uh, when the pond that is actually like a full two sentences long title, but well, uh, <laughs> I thought that you were abbreviating, and then I found when the pond hits the conflicts, he thinks like a king, and I thought that that's what you were abbreviating. No, <laughs> do you know? This? No, I do not okay. know the whole title. It's a, it's very long. It used to hold the Guinness world record for I mean it's a paragraph I can see that piece of paper do I get to read it out loud oh my god you know how much I love reading out loud I suspected that you might I I, (laughs) it isn't just because I like time out I printed this I I printed this and I was like I'm gonna read this out Eva's gonna read this out (laughs) I used to sit in the basement of my parents house holding textbooks that we got from packet day when they let you take the old textbooks Mm -hmm. and hold the book open to empty desks in the basement and read out loud okay yeah, I mean, I'm not a normal person. Yeah, we might cut that last little part <laughs> no, out. No, you won't. <laughs> I own my shit. Right. When the pawn hits the conflicts, he thinks like a king. What he knows throws the blows when he goes to the fight. And he will, he'll win the whole thing before he enters the ring. There's no body to batter when your mind is your might. So when you go solo, you hold your own hand. And remember that depth is the greatest of heights. And if you know where you stand, then you know where to land. And if you fall, it won't matter because you'll know you're all right. That you're right. God, I just improvised a word there. But that, that was the fucking name of this record. <laughs> yeah. If or you look, is the name of this When you look at the album cover, it's ready black. And like a, there's like a watermark image. And then this is handwritten. Okay. In almost to- entirely illegible scrawl. Oh, interesting. You can read when the pawn, and then the rest yeah. of it is her handwriting, and you can't. I mean, maybe you can read it, but you wouldn't. Huh. You wouldn't necessarily think to because right. it doesn't one hundred percent look like it's real. Well, I you know sort of like uh, when I first heard that Ani DeFranco song and was like, I'm gonna, I'm all in. So Cheryl Crow comes out, and Liz Fair is not far behind, and I'm like, I'm on board. And then and then title comes out, and for whatever reason, I I, also, I tried. I tried and I detoured and then sort of have only really associated her with this record, that record, her her first, I believe. Um, Title's also excellent. It is, but uh, this one opens with a track called On the Bound, which is unbelievable. I was like, what in the fuck? And so then I start reading. I was like, oh my God, she has been through it. I mean, she has been through it through it do you know what i said to oh anna and i went up to keely's on christmas just for like a hot second like two two days ago yeah okay hot second visitor she had her you know her kids her mm-hmm. her husband's brother was there or something mm-hmm. but, uh and i haven't seen her kids since they were teeny sure like maybe when little had cancer kind of teeny. right yeah you know, like yeah. teeny and i was like 
minus all the like body issues and like total social trauma i was like did you know that lula's like looking a little like fiona apple like she has this long kind of kind of thin so it's just like a little stringy hair minus all the what super fiona apple struggled a lot with like anorexia uh, not not and abuse not Keely and so i child. said minus okay okay all okay. the body she issues has always and been a very very uh striking attractive human as a newborn when she went through all her yeah. stuff yeah i see pictures they were such pretty little dolly babies i mean i mean both of them are very attractive people yeah, so yeah. it's not like super surprising well but she looked like fiona apple to me wow did had keely heard that before she was like i see it mm, that's all awesome. right so no classically trained on piano and composing songs by eight uh oh title title has songs she wrote in her teens See, I have excellent taste in women. Uh, t- so 96 for title. Uh, this When the Pawn is three years later. She did an 05, a 12, and then a 20. So just big chunks. There was one of those that is like an that I'm super attached to, too. But I can I wouldn't be able to think of the album name. I can only think of songs. I sure. Um, she's OCD, depression, anxiety, uh, complex PTSD, raped at age 12 i was gonna say there's a lot of sexual abuse and- outside of the apartment so mom's in new york with stepdad and who are and then dad's in la or something and i think there's some summers out there anyway uh 2000 interview uh, to say uh no 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 all you guys that say that my trauma associated with the rape makes it into the songs it doesn't make it into the writing uh, it's a boring pain. It's such a fucking old pain that, you know, there's nothing poetic about it. Oh, my, oh my God. That's like a super tragic thing to even have to say. <laughs> but, I mean, talk about awareness. Like, yeah. holy fuck, man. Uh, Ten tracks, 42 minutes, second of five records. I mean, uh, the first time you really listen to this record. I mean, her musicality is 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 impressive. You can It swells. It's it palpable. Yes, yes. It's, tactile but i mean there's the casual here and then there's like the mindful uh you know uh sit down and listen like uh, do you remember this this wreck when the pawn uh, having a an experience on you that i mean it's so funny because it's like i don't remember how i entered these things Mm. maybe just because of how long it's been maybe because i casually purchased it like these okay you know like it could have i don't know but I listened to that album. I listened to title over and over and sure. over. Sure. I did. I mean, I was a sad, sad teenager. Right. Like I this is not surprising. If you're struggling with anxiety and depression at a youngish age and it's all around you, which it was for me, like in my fellows, you know, my peers, not just like in the zeitgeist or the right. or the like books and music we listen to listened to and read which it was but it was like that was the only articulation i had was other people's words i, I mean sometimes that suffices oh and can bri- I mean, bridge you to I've the next told people thing it's like they're all, a guy i knew when i lived in denver was like do you, because i'm so into atmosphere you know how i feel about atmosphere which is sad sad white i, I don't know what you mean by atmosphere atmosphere is a hip-hop duo from Minnesota. Okay, I don't... They've been around a long time. They were very popular in the 90s. They're indie rap, A, but they're also like emo indie white dad rap. That's like a good... like that. And It says that in the... No, but although he does reference it a number of times. Sure. 
Um, it's just one MC and a producer. Okay. I actually dated the producer. Oh, shit. I mean, yeah, right. you know, famous people love me. I made him chase me for a while, too. Oh, my God. Oh, I did. Wow. He didn't invite me to Barcelona, though. But I never yeah. paid for a ticket to an atmosphere show. There you go. Hey, small, small, what do you, you know, uh, small victories. Uh, but there's a lot, a lot of good tracks on here. The Way Things Are, uh, Get Gone, just the name I love a Get Gone. So, I mean, she's... And having you know barely listened to title and then now listen like man yeah right i thought she kind of vanished after title but nope she just didn't pro- she doesn't produce right. frequently or like a ton um so we then finally step out of the 90s and we land in 2013 uh the worse things get the harder i fight the more i love you nico case and i swear to god that I think you and I went through uh, our Nico case phase uh, at the same time. Yeah, and not to say that uh, they were equal, but I definitely remember seeing you post more than once randomly, you know, like, uh, and that is not a thing that I think I recall you doing, but being like, she's fucking in this. I, like, wow. Well, and I was too. Every year when now, when Spotify does your yearly rap, for like five years, it has just been your number one most listened to artist is Nico Case. And then it gives you like a stat underneath mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And it says you listen to her in the top 1% of everyone in America. Right. I was like, oh, my God. So, Every year, I'm there are 99% of people listen to her less than me. When uh, <laughs> so I, I somebody turned me the there's a there's a, a gal named Julia Mordaunt. And she is the creative director for Fish. And somebody in a group, uh, a Facebook group, shared a playlist that she created. And it's got all of their walk-in, intermission, and after-show music from 2009 to current. Interesting. So it's you know 10.5 thousand hours and 600 re- records. And it is literally all... I play uh, in my on my Sonos in the kitchen. Yeah, it's just on shuffle because I don't pay for Spotify. But if I hear something amazing, I'll add it to the stream. To your playlist. So so when everybody was when the year things came out, I mean it was like when they're trying to put you in a genre, they're like chill hop, which is somebody. N- I- no no no, just the numbers, the sheer number because it literally plays oh, yeah. round the clock. It was like you listened to three hundred thirty some thousand, and you're an astronaut, and all these crazy, <laughs> and I, like people are sharing there. I'm like, and people are like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "That's not." Uh, it's like you're like I have a cheat. Y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I uh, so Alexandria, Virginia, but lived in Massachusetts, Vermont, Oregon, Washington. Seven studio albums. This is number six. Couple live records. Healthy mix of other projects, including eight records with the new pornographers. She, yeah, because she's and the new pornographers are pretty good. No, no slight to anybody else on this list or anybody else that we haven't covered, but she is on a pedestal for. I can't exactly identify all of the reasons, but there's a bunch of them. I just really admire her a lot, and I don't I even know if I can articulate her. It. Obviously, 
I'm like her number one fan. <laughs> I mean, maybe that I, this could like maybe technically true. Like <laughs> according to Spotify, I might be her number one fan. Um, Night still comes is track two. Man is track three. Both are so oh good. Oh my god, and so I different. love Man. Oh yeah, the variety. She's really all of her albums are different too. She has great scope, but I love I'm a man. I. Love, I love that album. I don't know. It's it's almost like uh, so she she obviously uh, creates a variety of sounds from song to song, but there's almost always this like identifiable like she's just a little bit back from the mic. You oh know, yeah, she and, does like weird echoey stuff, especially on that album. And, and as it's opposed to it's like a fucking ones. blanket. It's like a mm, yeah, I, like I, a little I, ASMR vibes I, to it. I, yeah. Did you listen to that song on that album? The Honolulu. Uh, it's uh, the title is uh, something. Hey, little kid. That. But something strange happens, and then she mentions that it's in Honolulu, right? Yeah, Which... she says that I saw at the bus stop one day. It was nearly midnight in Honolulu. Yeah. We were waiting. I mean, I know, but I played it for nearly midnight Honolulu. There yeah. You, go. you were waiting. And then, but, but it just it's so like low key when she's singing that and yeah. it's sentences not so much like lyrics right. like it's a, she's telling a little no story no pentameter happening here and then she just is bursts when she talks about that mother saying telling that kid to get the fuck away from her <laughs> I played it for it came out when I lived with Laura in Williamsburg in that four bed and Laura was struggling with some stuff with her own parents at the time Okay, and I was like this album Whoa. And my my Carrie, our other roommate, also loves Nico. She's the only person I've gone to a Nico case show with. Was it fun? I mean, it was it was like I had goosebumps the whole time. God. Like you stayed cool. seated, but you were like Sure. Like my whole body is alive. You're right. Should we all stand up at once? <laughs> like I'm sure there were people crying in that too. Yeah. Like quieter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I played that out that song for Laura who struggles with just like some parental relationships. And sure. she, I, that song, she was like, how dare you fucking play this for me right now? Cause it was like, she was being facetious. No, she was not because oh, it was, shit. you know how it says it's like, they won't believe you when you say your mother, she did not love me. My mother, she did. It's like, just, oh, yeah. I mean, that's everybody's like going to press a button for everybody in some way. Cause it's like, right. A, Cause parent, relationships are tender even if they're whether they're bad or good we have feelings about right but she was just like how can you play that in my presence right now because it's just devastating you'll you'll thank me later (laughs) a rough swallow right now i love the things that make me cry like that's what i I even brought up atmosphere with this guy it was like do you ever listen to things that aren't sad and i was like i have to like expand i express like a zit you know like i play like shit this sad music so that it squirts all my feelings out. well louis there's a great bit he's on conan uh and talking about um cell phone like just everything's amazing and nobody's happy is the name of the little bit yeah, and he's like try. so i was on a, a flight you know and it was like the very like they just announced that there could be wi-fi on flights and so we take all, we're so excited to let you know and everybody gets on and then we're, you know, in the air for a little bit and then something happens and it breaks. And like, ah, we're sorry. And the guy next to me goes, fucking bullshit. And he's like, How, you didn't even know this was a thing like four minutes, minutes ago. Minutes. And then like, we hate our, we fucking phone. It's like, it's going to space. Can you give it a second? 
And so he talks about driving on the highway and, and this Bruce Springsteen come, song comes on and he's already feeling a little blue and he's like, that starts to, and so he reaches for his phone because that's what we do when we feel lonely. We try, and he's like, I just text hi to 20 people and whoever responds first, just get, you know. And it, but I was like, no, 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 don't do it. Just sit there and be, and then so he, he's like, I cried so hard I had to pull over and I'm sobbing. And then, because what happens chemically after you're sad and you cry, like things come in and, and like sort of bring the happiness out. And he's like, we don't want, we don't even want to do that anymore. We just, oh, you know, I do. Well, <laughs> uh, really good record though. There's a couple of miss. I know we need to get you out of here. There were some yeah, miscellaneous notes, uh, some compilation CDs pilfered from your mom. Any worth mentioning? Well, those there? were like the, t- the billboard top tens. And I told you about that one goofy one called calling all angels. Yes. Yes. Which is, if you look back on it, it's like some very odd I looked stuff. for it on the streaming server and it was, nothing was coming up. But if you just Google maybe, it, I bet you could maybe, get a track list. Yeah. It's like a couple of odd Irish singers. It's all very oh, funny. like Enya Moody, like very ethereal. I mean, it's called Calling All Angels. Yeah. One of the songs is Calling All Angels. I do love me some Enya. I don't hate Enya. And I don't mind Enigma either. I mean, I'm fine with... I'm, uh, yes. <laughs> single tracks from every major pop girl in the last two decades, such as I have a playlist called T Swift Teenage Dream. Well, Do that, the math. I thought those were separate. No, it's one playlist. Oh, it's got Lizzo, several Lizzo tracks, okay, several T Swift tracks, a Katy Perry, although she's not like 100% my favorite, but you know, it's got to yeah. get in there. Yeah, a little bit of Lord, okay. There's a very sad song by Lord that I played when Anna came to visit me in Florida. And we both just were like, she had never heard it before, you know, because she doesn't have all the access. Yeah, right, the right. The kids give her some access to that stuff They now, do, but, yeah. But she hadn't heard it. And we were both just like crying a little. Oh my gosh. And then she was like, what is that song we were listening to in the car? And I was like, uh, what? And what it is, is, oh my God. God. I mean, I know the words sure. to it exactly. It it actually says like they, it's like I made a mistake of dancing in your stomach. Say you're a little much for me. You're a little like that. Other people, and then she's like, the truth is, I am a toy that you can enjoy until you all the tricks don't work anymore. Oh my god! And then you are bored of me, and I'm like, oh yeah. This I- is never be royals, Lord. Uh huh. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's the only way I felt about everybody I've ever met <laughs> in my whole life is that uh, I'm like the shiny object uh, that people play with. And then they're like, oh, God, it comes with a lot of maintenance. <laughs> uh, so you said T-Swift Teenage Dream, Dream is full of bangers. It is. It is. There are dance jams on that okay. forever. Okay. Nice. There's a couple of sad ones in there sure. because it just, but it's more bangers. Uh, <gasps> the one Miley Cyrus is on there a few times. Okay. You know, like, I don't love Miley Cyrus, but I'm telling you, I don't she had an her. album called Bangers. I mean. With a Z. Yeah. Nice. Into it. <laughs> uh, sad Bops playlists. That, well, that, I mean. Same same thing? same Okay. Yeah. Uh, like, there's a beat, but they're. Some stuff to try out, which has a boggling variety. Is that is that different or same? No, that is, so basically, like you said, that whatever you play in the kitchen. Mm. I It's my catch-all playlist. There you go. It's a bunch of, whenever I am exposed to, often on television shows, actually, because television, you know, content production, the quality of it has skyrocketed 
since there was a lot of cable channels since Hulu and Netflix even started, and then triple that after COVID because all anyone was doing was consuming Binging. content. I love my favorite COVID meme uh, was, well, finished Netflix today. Yeah. <laughs> well, but the production love, so the money they're putting into it and the music licensure is gone out of control. So there's, I am constantly hearing just snippets, snatches of songs on a show. And I'm like, well, I really like this. Yeah. Shazam has, Shazam has made that playlist happen a lot, I, but it's all over the place right? because it's, I mean, there's like reggae and electronica, sad shit, old shit, you know, like it's, it's so I meant to send a guy I was seeing Felipe. I meant to send him a song because he and I used to sh- share songs back and forth. He had, he was really into music and had good taste. We decided that together we could like rule the world with our taste in music because he was Chilean and not native born American and just had, it's like the Venn diagram. We overlapped on plenty, but it's like, we you, would you have covered have the globe, everything else between him right. and me, like so much stuff that I'd never heard. He gave me and he'd never heard so much that I gave him. Speaking of old stuff, I am a little bit, more than more than a little embarrassed to admit this, but uh, w- one of the reasons that one of the many reasons that Nico has always appealed to me is uh, I love absolutely love Train from Kansas City. I didn't realize I love that I didn't song. realize that 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 was not a Nico original. She does a lot of non originals. Well, but I just for years I was like she and she, and and another thing. But her versions are great. Yes. Have, have you heard the song Shangri Laws from nineteen sixty five? Oh my is, god, the Shangri Laws. Right. I know the Shangri Laws. Anyway, have you heard the song of hers that was on the Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack? A hundred percent. It is so well. That whole soundtrack is so well. Yeah, it's great. There's so many things. But. All right, a few more and we'll okay. get you out of here. Okay. Imagine you agreed to do this podcast, but the host is a person that has never met you before and said host also has an assistant. How is the assistant describing you to the host? Well, if it was someone I'd never met before, my personality would be completely different. I don't perform well under pressure unless I'm very comfortable. Do you remember the speech I gave at your wedding? It was two sentences. It was kind of a... No. <laughs> Was it really? Yeah. Two sentences? I went right after my dad before your best man. Okay. Papa gave like a solid, not overlong, but very heartfelt sure. dad speech yeah. that ended with, here's to the most beautiful bride in the world. And I'm so such a poor public speaker because expectations and pub, like I can talk to strangers, no problem. Sit me down next to people in a casual, no, no pressure environment, chitty chat, chitty mm-hmm, chat, mm-hmm. making friends, getting a phone number. Right. Any kind of structure- I panic. I gestured to a blank board. I turned my back to the room in speech class at KU freshman year, turned, shuffled my cards for my speech till they didn't make sense. Then in my anxiety and nervousness, because I could no longer read my speech, turned my back to the room and did a Vanna White gesture to a blank board. And these were videotaped then and we had to transcribe every word and motion. That's This is my level of like not good at public speaking. Wow. And I was the maid of honor at your wedding. So I went right after my dad, and I had a mostly empty Miller Lite and then a full Miller Lite bottles holding one hand, two, like so, and the mic in this hand. Double fisting in a du- single fist. Double fisting in a single fist on the stage at your very formal wedding. <laughs> and I, this one, and I said, the only reason Anna's the most beautiful bride is because I'm not married yet. <laughs> that sounds familiar. And then I was like... So, and people laughed because yeah, of course Anna and my mom and you know it's like they all know me you guys know me yeah. it's not like anyone would have thought I was actually being a jerk right I was probably physically shaking I'm 
And I was then I was just like, seriously, though, I love you guys both like so happy. Congrats. And then just like walked away. And then, of course, Mike got up and gave like an epic best man speech with props. Props. There were baby shoes and such. Yeah. And the belt. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's that's how I function. So I'm going to guess that that assistant would be like. She keeps making jokes that are oddly timed and not quite appropriate because that's the way I get when I'm nervous. <laughs> so there's unless unless there's like a, a predetermined comfort, there's no layers of the onion peeling to look in and be like, here's how we describe Eva. I mean, I don't know if I would end up talking more or talking less because I was uncomfortable. It either is really an well. Option. Let's say this assistant has uh, what do you uh, vetted you? You know, you've flown in a couple times and sat across the desk and. Okay, then a very uh, uh, gregarious, funny, chatty know-it-all. Yeah, I think that's that. <laughs> if there was a nail. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, tomorrow you wake up and money's no longer a concern. There's more than you could spend before you're dead. Uh, does your life look different? And if so, is it very different? Yes. Or what, was, what does it look like? I don't think I'd live where I'd live. Okay. I don't think I'd work the job I have. I would pay off. I've thought about it. If I like hit the like billions mm-hmm, dollar jackpot, mm-hmm. I know what I'd spend it on. I've talked about it a lot. I'd pay off. My parents' house and a student loan debt. Their, my student your, their loan house debt. Pay for it? I don't know. I don't. But if they're not, I would. I would. My plan was always also to pay off her house. Like I was like, I'd pay off Anna's house. I'd pay off her student loan debt. I'd pay off my student loan debt. Whatever. My pay my parents back. Buy them a new house. Do some. You know something. Sure. So a lot of practical things. Yep. And then probably work only a job that I actually enjoyed for lesser hours. I wouldn't quit working. Right. Because I'm a. I like working yeah. and I want to be productive and yeah. industrious, but I would be working something that probably wouldn't be sustainable otherwise. Right. And definitely I'd go on some big ass trip maybe for like two years. Sure. So, or, or a bunch of trips. Yeah. I mean, and maybe forever. Um, any big bucket list items that are constantly speaking to you, it, it, no matter yeah. how loud or how quiet, there's not a thing. You're just like, God, I'm going to fucking do that one day or no. I mean, cause it, always what it's been for me is travel and i actually want to go so many places that i actually never will okay. like because i won't be able to go everywhere um you're given a platform for 45 seconds and the whole world is tuned in what's your message whether you take whether it's as short as your speech at our, <laughs> at our wedding or you take all 45 seconds what is oh the... my god i have no idea god i need some convictions huh it's like i want to say something about like real equality and kindness but i wouldn't know how to formulate that right You'd just now. be like i like what's in boys pants better good <laughs> night good night australia then i don't think that concerns the whole world no, so I, i'd hope right. not that doesn't matter if it concerns them they're just listening i just want to be like treat everybody the same and treat right. them right right okay <laughs> um finish this sentence for me i'd like for folks to remember me as someone who was kind but I'm not sure they will. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like the world to remember me as someone who got an A for effort and kindness. I mean, my senior year yearbook superlative was has the best vocabulary. I don't think that's what people are like really thinking of as like world changing. Right. Okay. Well, uh, last but not least, we're about to turn the page to 2023. What does the world of music consumption look like approaching New Year's Eve of 2042? I have 
probably chips implanted in our eyebrows. I have you seen those new glasses that are made with Facebook? There's there's smart glasses. You can tap them to start playing music. Oh my god! And record and take video from your lenses. So wow. I'm just gonna go ahead and jump ten years from that. It's just gonna be something on your eyeball. I mean, you're probably not too far off. I know, but but also then, what bio data are they getting to us, and what's it doing to our body? But I mean, like in 2002, were iPods around yet? They they were like yeah. ish. They were kind of they were here. Just the original chonky yeah. chonky one. But mostly folks were like CD or satellite. I mean, it burn was... CDs where you could burn whole MP3 CDs, so it had like a hundred tracks on. Yeah, it. and your car could read them too. Yeah, usually. I mean, but it's. Like, if you would have asked me in 2002 to tell me what music in 2020, I don't think that I would have been like, everybody's streaming, duh, and you can have thousands of... No. But I mean, I guess we should have seen that after the Napster LimeWire situation. Probably. Probably. Well, uh, we we were going to get you out of here much quicker than this. I know. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm I'm fine with you. You're the one that has places to be. I do. I'm being paid by several people. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. A million reasons prior to today that you could have been like no thanks i'm good <laughs> and then and, also and then, and then today <laughs> the last few days you could have been like no just no i was like if i called and canceled right now that would just be a a thing and a dick move and it, i'm like also just just let's just do it i love it Plus thank you, you gave me an alcoholic beverage i mean you know, um, I, I, if I have things to give, I'll give them. It's not like I'm, I'm sitting here like, no, all for me. Um, that's my theory on life, actually. But uh, probably, you know, monthish or okay. so, because right. I've got a small bank of things. Anyway. And it's the holidays. Right. Give yourself some time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Right, um, I will keep you in my thoughts for the next couple days Thank you. but after that fuck you yeah. forget it. you're here you're on your own you're gonna set a, a time to race <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Eva. all right see ya bye